mewek. discuss and break down horror movies not horror films i am boss tuna with me as always is tibu what's up buddy yeah bud because i don't say it at the beginning so i'm gonna say it now <laughs> yeah what's bro. going on oh you know just uh wrapping up this 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 part two here um i can't wait to talk about darkness falls man i don't know about you Oh no, I'm excited. Um <laughs> for obvious reasons. Oh, you you are we going there? Are we going there already? Yeah, I, I I mean we might as well get this party started. Let's check out what's going on in the titty twister. Tonight, be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> Twist my titties. Then he could start talking about how it, it like it doesn't matter. He gets all nihilistic, like in a uh, True Detective. Yeah, yeah. S- sitting in his really sitting in his Lincoln. Yeah, sitting in his Lincoln outside the Teddy Twister, ripping darts. <laughs> <laughs> For my drinking pleasure, I have Pecan Pie Porter by Clown Shoes Brewing. This has been on the show quite a few times. I love, love me some, some Clown Shoes Brewing. Um, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's, it's kind of what it is. It's, it's pretty tasty. It's pretty potent as well, too. I want to say it's like 8%. And it's a pounder, so chances are I'll be slurring my words at the end of this episode. Uh, no, nah, it won't be that bad. But uh, what about you, Tibu? Well, I know it's uh, probably not edi- proper etiquette or decorum or whatever, but uh, I've decided to opt out of alcohol this evening. But I'm, I am jacked up on uh, caffeine. I've had some Green Mountain Dark Roast with a little bit of Italian cream or whatever mm. the, the creme, whatever that shit is. Well, that's oh, that's it's, saying it's it kind of. It's the cream that's spelled C-R-E-M-E with the little apostrophe up there. The fancy that, shit. The, it's, yeah, that little uh, <laughs> accent above the E. The yep. creme. 
creme fraiche. Uh, and I'm best, drinking a Coca-Cola. Best South Park episode ever. It's a great one. It's a great one. I, yep. I, I love it. I, anything with Randy and the fact yeah. that this past <laughs> season has been all Randy. Oh, oh let yeah. me not go off on the oh, South, I know. South Park tangent. I cook, also, guys. Uh, you got to clean up. See you later. <laughs> one of my favorite Randy episodes is is uh, <laughs> when he's like, oh, oh, there was a ghost. Oh, hey, yeah. This, <laughs> going out the California way. Find me some going internet. Cali- I'm going oh, up California God. way. Yeah. The way they t- the way they make them sound, dude, it's so fucked up. Oh, it's over the top and it's fantastic. Well, hey, even at the Titty Twister, I mean, the the the, the designated driver's got to be drinking some coffee and pop, so that's okay. But what do you say we hop into shotgun reviews? For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. <laughs> Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. All right, man. I will hand it over to you. What do you got, buddy? I'll let you go first. Uh, this was a first-time watch for me. Um, oh fuck! I wish I had the year. Oh, I'm not prepared. Um, oh, Maniac was... Cop. Yep. The the original Maniac Cop. Yep. Uh, with Bruce Campbell. And motherfucking Tom Atkins. Um, I don't know, man. It, you know, yeah. And Tom Tom Atkins in this movie is not not that much of a a pimp. He's he's a, he's a detective, and he's trying to figure out uh, who, who this cop killer is. And when when I say cop killer, I don't mean killing cops. It's a cop that's killing people, and he suspects it's uh, somebody that's actually working for the police department. It, it it was it was okay. I know this movie is like beloved but mm-hmm. i wasn't too high on it and i, yeah. I pulled it up it, it came out in 1988 bruce campbell is awesome in it yeah um but he's awesome in everything <laughs> nice. it's just his natural charisma he's fucking funny as shit charismatic um, even, is what he is for sure not even trying to be um yeah. what's your uh what's your rating on it i give it a six out of ten it's not bad it's not bad it's a little above average, but only because of Bruce. Right. For my first one, I am going to kick this off with Red Velvet from 2008. Not rated. Let me tell you, this is the most unbelievable story and series of events ever. That's the biggest thing I had where the acting was terrible. It actually has Henry Thomas. And if that name doesn't sound familiar... Once you maybe look at them, it might you might be able to tell, but that's uh, uh, Elliot from ET. So he grew up. And so this starred... isn't a sequel to Blue Velvet. I I I've never heard of Blue Velvet, but I would hope not, because I gave this one a one out of ten. It is so bad. <laughs> it's it's basically. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to mind spoilers on this. It's basically. In an apartment building, uh, Elliot from ET is kind of a creeper, and he's creeping on this hot chick, and he follows her. He sets it up where they kind of run into each other and, and meet at a laundromat. The dialogue between them is is some of the worst dialogue I've ever. It, it is the worst I've ever heard in a movie. The sequences of events, everything is so. It's almost like an eighth grader saw a Tarantino movie and was tasked with writing his own dialogue in a, in a movie. It's that bad. 
Oh. Everything about this is terrible. Uh, there's nothing redeeming about it besides Kelly Garner, who's kind of hot. And she's uh, top heavy, so that, that always kind of helps. But that's, that's about it. So I give this one a 1 out of 10. Do not watch this unless you want to know what a terrible movie is. What do you got next, buddy? Uh, you can find this movie on Shudder. If you ain't got Shudder, get it. Rob Zombie's 31 came out in 2016. Uh, people... People kind of shit on this movie, but I don't know. I, I enjoyed it the first time I watched it, and I think I think it's a lot of fun, especially when the Spanish-speaking Nazi <laughs> small person shows up. <laughs> uh, he he, I think he's a great character, and um, what's his name? Uh, Richard Brake. Yep, is amazing as Doomhead. Like his face alone. Yeah. is captivating to look at very dynamic actor uh he would he would later come back in rob zombies three from hell but I, I thought it had a lot of a lot of awesome gore and just fun moments i would give i would honestly i would give that movie like a, a seven out of ten yeah somewhere no, I, around there that movie gets shit on but i i actually enjoyed it i saw two movies this year called hansel and gretel the newer one which i'm not going to talk about and the one from 2013 called Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, rated R, 88 minutes. This I recorded off of sci-fi, and I really wasn't thinking anything of it. I was just going to watch it because I'm like, well, why not watch another Hansel and Gretel movie? Only to find out this one has Jeremy Renner in it, and it's got a decent cast, decent budget. So I was a little bit surprised seeing it on sci-fi. I every time I watch a movie on sci-fi or I've talked about the Showtime Beyond kind of thing and, and that ironically enough um, yesterday we had a free preview of Showtime so I'll be recording some other shitty horror movies off of there <laughs> I was I was pleasantly surprised with this one uh, it's it's pretty good actually the story's pretty good it's got a nice little twist even though you kind of see it coming I enjoyed it. It, it. It's it's more of an action, I would say, than a horror movie, but it's obviously definitely a horror movie as well, too. So I gave that one a 6 out of 10. I mean, that I would recommend that one for sure. It's a fun little movie if, if you, uh, you know, kind of want to get into that fall or seasonal uh, vibe. So, you know, I, I, I'd say go ahead and check it out. What do you got for your number three? I, go, go ahead. Real quick, have you seen Jeremy Renner in uh, Wind River? I That movie is probably a 10 out of 10 for me yes yes yep. it is and yep. and he's a goddamn 10 out of 10 yeah that, yeah. that movie is incredible yeah he's a sexy man so yeah he's that's a good actor too yeah i love that movie r- recommend right there not Absolutely. horror but horrific shit happens in it so um up next for me i've got uh I, i'm i'm we don't rate the uh the current year films but but i do want to I want to throw this one out there because I'm kind of mixed on it, but I'm 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 intrigued enough that I'm going to give it a rewatch, and that is uh, the Beach House. Okay, which you can also find on Shutter. Uh, this couple go to a beach house, and while they're there trying to kind of reconcile, uh, they they're they they find out that they're going to have to room with the boyfriend's dad's friends. So there's another couple there, an older couple, and they'd all decide to just, you know, okay, well, we'll just stay all the weekend, you know, here together. Then shit starts going south after that. Um, 
I won't, I won't give any of that away, but I had, a, I had, a, I had some problems with the pacing and I like yeah. a slow burn, but, but to me, there was just not a lot of, there wasn't enough going on. Uh, I want to, I want to watch it again though, because the ending, I'm not going to say what happens, but the ending alone makes me want to recommend this movie and, and give it, give it a second shot because the yeah. ending is so fucking brutal mm. and beautiful at the same time to me. It gets pretty cosmic at the end. So I, huh. I love that shit. I'm going to change it up a little bit here and talk about a series. Um, I may have watched actually. Yeah. I can't remember if I talked about this in our top 15 show or not, but I, I did check out the war of the worlds TV series. Did I, do you remember if I talked about that? I no, don't I, I, don't. I don't think I did. Uh, I, I actually am an apologist of the movie mainly because I, as, as you guys know, one of my favorite subgenres is kind of apocalypse and end of the world stuff. I enjoyed this one quite a bit. It, it doesn't really follow. I would say it's pretty unrelated to uh, the movie, the Tom Cruise movie, but it's, it's a fun series. So it, it's got good acting and it. Gabriel uh, Byrne um, is in it and he's fantastic as always eight and a quarter. I gave this one. It's, it's a really fun series. It goes by fast too. So um, I, you know, I think it's on HBO and the episodes are like 50, 55 minutes, but they, they didn't feel like, you know, I think there's only six or eight episodes too. So it, it, it goes by pretty fast, but, um, it's, I'm also an apologist for the, for the uh, Spielberg film. I saw it in theaters and it was yep. fucking hella fun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That site or that, that, that scene, the, the fight scene with, um, in the basement, you know, that, one that, man that comes been- out. That could have been the whole movie. It was them in yep. the basement and, and all fantastic. the fantastic Tim Robbins, yeah. I believe it was right. Fucking a dude. Was it Tim Robbins and Tom Cruise? Yeah, that, that was a mm-hmm. great scene, but yeah, check it out. War of the world's TV series. If you like the movie, I would, I would imagine there's a mass amount of people out there that would say this is far better than the movie. So check it out. 8.25 war of the world's TV series. Go ahead. Is this your last one or you got one more after this? I have, yeah, I've got two more. Oh, okay. Go ahead. This next one is another 2020 movie. So no rating, but I'm going to say a high recommend for underwater. Oh, I haven't seen it it's, yet, but this is right up my alley. I already know. It is some terrible shit happening at the bottom of the ocean. I'm not going to give anything away about this movie whatsoever. Also, uh, it's got Kristen Stewart in it. And okay. if anyone, if anyone has seen her outside of her twilight work, she's just like her co-star Robert Pattinson. She's actually fucking good. So I say definitely check that movie out without, without, you know, spoiling. I'm not, I don't want to spoil anything. The last yeah. one, the last one you can find on shutter, which is the beach house. This one, I believe you still have to rent. Okay. And that was underwater underwater. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to see that one. My my kind of movie, uh, my fourth and penultimate shotgun review of the night is I Still See You. 2018 PG-13, which not a fan of the PG-13 rating in horror movies, but this one came in at 98 minutes. This is a very unique ghost story. Um, I, I, I think a lot of people are unaware of this movie. Uh, have you ever heard of it or seen it? Uh, no. So I came in higher than average on this one, and, and you'll probably know as soon as I read the quick little 
plot summary here set 10 years after an apocalyptic event that killed millions and left the world inhabited by ghosts. So it's a very unique ghost story, but it's also in a really cool post-apocalyptic setting. Uh, it's, it, there's a lot of original stuff in here. Um, I will say that it's, it's kind of goofy at times and doesn't really make sense, but it keeps you, because it, 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 it walks that line of knowing that it's a supernatural movie in a post-apocalyptic event, but it also is playing in a quote-unquote modern day. So, you know, kids still go to school, people still go to work kind of thing, and they're in this little bubble kind of deal. If that sounds interesting to you, I would say uh, check it out. But uh, for me, I came in at a six and a quarter. So, I mean, that's, that's a recommend for sure. And I want to say I saw that. I, might have re I actually might have DVR'd that, actually. So I don't know. I'm sure you could. Oh, it's on, par it's on Prime. Included on Prime and Hulu. So there you go. Oh, snap. Yep. So well, what do you got? that shit out. Yeah, yep. Yeah, you might come in a little bit stronger on that. I would say for the, I mean, like I said, I, I am not one into paranormal and ghost are like my least favorite subgenre. So if I'm coming in anywhere at a five or above, it's probably going to fit right in your wheelhouse. If that does, you know, strike a chord. Oh, yeah. Man, so I like supernatural shit. Um, my last recommend for the shotgun reviews, uh, it's a movie I've seen a few times now. I've rewatched it with my dad. So I got him in on the, uh, the rage cage. We we watched Mandy from 2019 or mm -hmm. no 2018. Yeah, two years um, ago. Yeah, it's on Shutter also. So just Shutter Shutter recommend after Shutter recommend over here. Nicholas Cage in a slow burn psychedelic art house horror film that pays homage to films like The Thing and Hellraiser. Well, maybe not The Thing so much. I'm thinking of Color Out of Space. Also Nicholas Cage. Oops. Um, <laughs> But uh, Richard breaks in that movie too. He plays a chemist, and that has in Mandy. And he's oh, got okay. I haven't seen that since 2018. So, and I wasn't very high on it, anyways. No. Well, I'm oh, coming I in at a nine out of ten. Recommend the oh, shit no out shit. of this movie. I think yeah. I was at like a six, but I could have just been in the mood, you know. It's 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 not for everyone. It's it's a very slow paced film, and there's not a there's not really a, a story. It's a revenge movie so it's there's no but it's got these cool animated uh cutaway moments and title chapters to different scenes in the film that look mystical and awesome this is a movie too where and the soundtrack is it's kind of metal like like a slower not i don't want to say sludge metal soundtrack but yeah it, it's fucking it's it awesome. is yeah it is it, i mean it's almost like a metal movie too you know it, it's it's just a really dark version i mean it's nothing like deathgasm uh because it's not like that fun kind of humorous deal uh and right. it's a lot more of a horror movie than for example um what were the one we're what was the one we we're talking about pre-show rory culkin why can't i why am i drawing a blank oh shit uh i'm drawing a rory culkin yeah oh, lords, of chaos. lords of chaos yeah yeah it's, it's a lot more of a horror movie than that for, for the final uh, shotgun review for me, I actually am calling an audible. Uh, I, I really wanted to talk about this one, but 
after I was doing a little bit of research while you were chatting, and I think this is going to be on an upcoming episode, so I'm going to save it. So I am not going to talk about that one. However, what I am going to talk about is The Fog 2005, PG-13, 100 minutes, simply known as The Fog Remake. This is, I, I don't know that there's many people that are more of a supporter of remakes than I am. I, I just love content in general, especially if it's content that's, tried and true and has been good. Um, I always look forward to it. I always embrace whether it's a remake, reboot, whatever. However, this is one of the few that they should have just left alone. I am not honestly really a fan of the original Fog, um, but this is kind of atrocious. They should have just left this one alone. I'm coming in at a 3.75. Yeah, I saw that movie in theaters um, when it came out. Didn't like it then, don't like it now. But I, on the flip side, I love I love the OG fog. Yeah, that was you. We were talking about with uh, the OG fog, wasn't it? Just a couple yeah, days we ago. were having a yeah, yeah off pod combo. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I love that movie. I think it's kind of like not a hidden gem. A lot of people know about it, but it's not it's not as highly regarded as some of John Carpenter's other movies. Yeah. I personally think it, it is like a little hidden gem, sort of little. Like a little masterpiece, not a not a big one, but like a little. Really? All right. Yeah. What do you say? I like, we wrap- I like the atmosphere. Oh, sorry. I, I will say that the I mean the the best part about that movie is the atmosphere, and I mean it is a pretty cool setting, and <laughs> you know it's set in a coastal town. <laughs> we need to be professional here, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, God. no coastal town kind of, I mean, for a second there, I mean, it's almost like some jaws vibes going on, you know, when they're out in the fishing boat and everything. So you got a fog going on over there, don't you? <laughs> I hear you <laughs> ducks It's hunting season. What do you say we wrap this up and, uh, move on? Yeah, man. Um, you guys check all that out. All them movies, watch them. And I'm oh. excited to hear what your audible, what your audible is. That's intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I do choose it sometime in the future, near future or later future, I'll let you know. Um, I'll, I'll say this is a movie from, this is the Audible movie. This is the Audible. Omaha, Omaha. <laughs> I'll call back to <laughs> Peyton Manning. What All right, called? well, let's get into our second feature review. Over 150 years ago, in the town of Darkness Falls, Matilda Dixon was adored by all the children. Whenever one of them lost a tooth, they would bring it to her in exchange for a gold coin, earning her the name, the Tooth Fairy. But when two children didn't come home, they blamed Matilda, and they hanged her in the light. Now, they thought the past was dead and buried, but it's about to come back with a vengeance. You don't know what you're dealing with. Tooth Fairy? What the hell was that? I see these things at night. I don't know what's real or what's not. Tooth 
who won't come in the light. Who? You know who. Stay in the light or stay alive? Just walk towards my voice. Come on, it's just three steps. This is it. Darkness falls. All right, so we're going to wrap up this episode with Darkness Falls from 2003. This is PG 13, 86 minutes long. It's directed by Jonathan Liebesman, which I was surprised upon researching. He's got some pretty legit movies out there, uh, especially horror movies. His, his cred uh, includes Rings and Texas Chainsaw Massacre of the Beginning, which um, Rings, eh, you know, I, I don't know that there's a lot that'll, you know, die on that hill as far as saying that's a good movie. But I know that a lot of people did like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre of the Beginning. Uh, what about you? I mean, I know you're you're a big TCM fan. Is that the movie that you like or I've only seen it one time, but I did enjoy it. Uh, Arlie Ermey is a fucking treasure. So it's, it's always great. And Leatherface is one of my favorite horror villains. Um, The director, he also made the sequel to the remake of clash of the Titans. He made wrath of the Titans, which is pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Um, Not a lot of people like that movie, but I, but I do. And he, I didn't know this until just now, but he also made um, the first teenage mutant Ninja turtles remake the all CGI yep. one yep. or at least the turtles are all CGI. I haven't seen that one, but I saw that's the, the Megan Fox that. one, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think it is. I haven't seen that one, but I saw the second one with the uh, Krang. And that yeah. was fucking cool to see him come to life. I don't know that I've seen that one. Uh, this one was written by Joe Harris, who is just Joe Harris. <laughs> Nothing uh, important enough for me to write down. So, this movie stars Channing Clay or Clay. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. Sorry, but I got it. I got it. What about the co-writer? Uh, who is that? I pulled up his filmography. Fucking uh, John Fasano. Okay. Dude, he's he he wrote. Um, I just saw this Tombstone. Oh no shit! Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, another 48 hours if anyone's a fan of that that genre um universal soldier the return with fucking jean-claude this fucking piece of shit and uh then this is just i'm cherry picking right now but he he's got he's got a few decent ones under his belt Goddamn i wonder why tombstone. he wasn't credited as the main writer that's that's i mean i suppose if the universal the return was one <laughs> i mean yeah no, you gotta make a paycheck. Pretty legit. Yeah. No, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't even bother to look at the second, you know, whatever writer. So talented. She just didn't show in this movie. So oh, try, let's try not to show our cards. <laughs> Although oh, I think everyone knows where we're gonna be at. So back to the cast in this one. Channing Clay or Clee, he's like the main the main dude in there. He doesn't have many credits. Uh, I, what I read was is he died. So there's conflicting reports out there. 
the main one is, is he died from complications of sleep apnea, but that was reported by his father. It sounds like he actually died of an OD, but I mean, they might, might be a little bit of both uh, kind of thing, which is kind of sad. I mean, I mean, he, he didn't do, you know, a fantastic job in this, but I mean, obviously, he, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's too bad. Emma Caulfield Ford uh, was in this um, and then Lee Cormy. So for a movie that made a theatrical run, there really wasn't much standing behind it. Um, you know, the, I think the only thing this movie had was the director in it. Um, I, and it kind of surprises me why it even got into the theaters. But if you think about it, this movie came out in 2003, which, I mean, we were in, you know, <laughs> the dark ages of horror movies back then. They were just kind of a thing. Um, that was also when they were trying to pump out PG-13 after PG-13 horror movie. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I'm not sure. Obviously, with the PG-13 rating, they're trying to pander to a larger crowd. But this one just didn't really do very well. Where do, where do you think this came in at on IMDb? Uh, I'm going to guess probably a 3.3 this came in at a five surprisingly enough which blew my mind lord yeah that's gross what about uh rotten tomatoes um that's got to be lower i would say like somewhere like 26 percent nine percent buddy now we're talking (laughs) (laughs) that's that's yeah yeah that's Uh, more correct that's the budget uh, the budget was eleven million dollars. Yes, it was. That it, it was. It made its money back. It was a hit. Yeah, it made its money. Yes. A little bit of trivia on this one. This 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 one kind of made me just shake my head. The closing credits of this movie are eleven minutes long. Otherwise, it would be too short for a theatrical release. So I <sighs> normally never watch credits. But I'm like, I got to see this. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's a credit card or credit, a credit scene, you know, the cards rolling by there's um, I I was waiting for like some kind of post. I mean, if you're going to do 11 minutes of credits, you got to put something in there, but no, it was just literally. Did did, they put up everyone's fucking family tree or something? I, well, what they did was, is like the first three minutes, they did that whole deal where they had like a backdrop and then they would flash a name by for, you know, this actor, that actor, this producer. So it did that for probably three or four minutes. Um, and then it got into, you know, the main, but yeah, they must've <laughs> special thanks to John, the delivery boy on the 48th day of set. Thanks for the pizzas. I mean, that kind of shit. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so um next up we have the director did not want to uh direct this but his agent sold him on it he said do a big studio movie make some money and then you'll be able to do everything that you want which i don't think that was the case because well yeah (laughs) but you said this movie made money though so. No, yeah, it, it made close to fifty million domestically. Um, it, yep. it it was it was actually a hit, and he did go on to make Battle Los Angeles, which was another big movie. So yes, I did say I was gonna say I did see that one, and I actually surprisingly liked that one quite a bit. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, looking at the last 
I mean, he, he was in TV for a while. I mean, he hasn't done anything in a long time. So I don't think he's done anything in four years uh, by the looks of it. So uh, he might be producing. Nope, he's not even producing some stuff. So, yeah, whatever happened busy. to this guy. He's yeah. wanking off with all his fucking darkness I mean, falls he's, money, dude. He's young, too. So, I mean, he's born in 76. So that's all I have with the trivia. I mean, this movie wasn't very interesting to begin with, so I didn't write a whole bunch down. But let's get into – I mean, take us home, man. Let's, let's get into this. So the film opens with a narration explaining that Matilda Dixon – was known around this small town of Darkness Falls as the local tooth fairy. Uh, she would give all the children in town a gold coin for every tooth that they brought her. And one day she was badly burned in a house fire, and it forced Matilda to wear a porcelain mask, which led the town to be afraid of her. <laughs> it's a classic Frankenstein deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, when a few children went missing, she was wrongly accused of murdering them, and the residents of Darkness Falls... They hanged her, but not before she placed the curse on the town. This this whole opening scene takes place over – it's like newspaper clippings or, or like images from a storybook, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. It, it, yeah, it looks like old yellowed newspaper clippings or something, you know, almost like in a fairy tale fashion, which ties into the whole tooth fairy kind of deal. If you guys did catch that already, this is basically a – horror or scary version of um you know your 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 standard tooth fairy she going around snatching up children and their teeth Mm -hmm. um it jump cut to 150 years later a young kyle walsh uh walsh loses his last baby tooth and his mother places it under his pillow A, a young girl named caitlin green visits him in secret and she invites no, no, no. Sorry. He invites her to the school dance. It was a very awkward uh, mm-hmm. little conversation between the, the not too good young Did he actors not there. seem, I mean, my kids are still young enough yet where I don't have to worry about that, but did he not seem too old to be losing a baby tooth? I mean, <laughs> he seemed like he was like 12 or 14 years old. Uh, It's still possible, but yeah, yeah it's a little old for it. <laughs> They they share a kiss, and she tells him uh, the first time shouldn't taste like blood. It should be sweet. And then she departs saying, remember, when the tooth fairy comes, don't peek. That's mm-hmm. not you know foreboding at all. I'm sitting there rolling my eyes. I'm sorry, but I am. Yeah. And, and it's because I'm not sold on this movie. This movie had a good intro that I could have been sucked in because I like you know fantastical shit like that. Like Pan's Labyrinth is a good example of that bad movie? introduction. Oh, okay. No, what? What? <laughs> this is not going to turn into Texas Chainsaw Massacre all over again. Oh, I'm, buddy. Oh, I'm angry now. But no, no, no. <laughs> but Pan's Labyrinth starts with a fairy tale. And for me, it works. And, and it pulled me in. This movie did not. These actors are, are I mean, they're young. So I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive them a little bit. But God damn, man. Can we I mean, a, a lot of it's going to be with the directing. It's going to be with the writing. Um, that's what i'm saying can we yeah. can we get another take this dude this dude kind of didn't give a shit at least in this department his cinematographer did though i will say uh some some of the shots in this film were are, are kind of yeah. done they're done all right i mean if you think um, about it this this whole concept 
could be, I mean, not, not saying that we need this to be remade. I'm just saying the whole story of a tooth fairy. I mean, if you think about it growing up, it's a good thing. Um, you know, my kids are losing teeth. They get excited kind of thing. Well, what if you put that spin on it that the tooth fairy is actually bad and it needs these teeth for something, but you know, she comes, steals them. But if you wake up and you see her, then you're fucked. So I think that you could really spin that story and turn it into a legit movie. Uh, that could be a good horror movie. It could be scary and creepy. This just, I don't, I mean, it kind of missed the mark again. Like you said before, clearly this is coming out at a time where horror was in a lull and studios are trying new things. You know, they're, they're trying to pull in a legit director at the time to do something. Um, and they probably, you know, neutered him when it came to a lot of the stuff in this movie, as far as what you can and can't do just to keep that PG 13 rating. So that, that, yeah, that could be a possibility. I also, I'm kind of like you, with you giving me the, the insight that his, he had to be sold on it by his agent kind of also makes me think he, he phoned it in. Yeah. How invested was he? Uh, probably not a lot. Um, yep. Yeah, and, and you know what? Harkening back to the atmosphere of the fog, you have a uh, a town in this film that has a lighthouse, and you don't make that a major set piece mm-hmm. until the very last fucking. Anyway, yep. Let me let me get back to this uh, this travesty. In 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 the dead of night, Kyle is uh, jostled from his bed by a blood curdling screech. His room appears empty but he can fear, uh, feel <laughs> the presence of something ghostly and ghastly in his room, hidden in the dark shadows. Now, this, this kind of shit could work. It, it reminds mm-hmm. me sort of just, of... Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, it reminds me a little bit of Insidious as far as some of the build-up scares that they have in that movie, that those jump scares. But her, her, her screech, man, it's just it's a little... It's a little. You know much. how they the did that. that thing. Uh, they did that. They took real moans and groans from elderly women, and they kind of distorted them and slowed them down and lowered the pitch and tone. Yeah, it kind of sounds like that. Mm-hmm. It's that's pretty much what it what it sounds like. Which I mean, it, it, I mean, if you think about some of the scariest sounds out there, I mean, the Texas Chainsaw is a shutter from a camera. Uh, the sound from the grudge is someone flicking a comb kind of thing. So it's these unassuming things that you can turn into. Yep. Yep. That that's done with the comb. If you believe that. So it's these unassuming things that you can manipulate, but I, I mean, I will say that the sound was kind of creepy. I mean, I would say, I would put that in a plus category, a pro. I mean, it, one of the things it, it I liked. A, it is a creepy sound. I just think that it's it's a little over – it's just too over the top. At, she's yeah. just sneaking around, and she's already screaming her ass off in the house. I'm like – the mom. to me, the mom would have heard that unless at the moment for some supernatural reason only the little boy can hear it. I am I am nitpicking this part, though, because like I said, I, this could work. Well, just, I'm going gonna, gonna to interrupt you and tell you that. Up to this point, I was still like, I was like, yep. I was like, let's do this. I was all in at this movie. I'll tell you where my breaking point came. So go ahead. Okay. Um, (laughs) It turns out the tooth fairy is there with him. It squeals as he hides under his covers and Kyle reaches for his bedside flashlight. 
when he peeks, he blinds the tooth fairy. And, and this is vanished. where it lost me. <laughs> what, what, why? What happened? <laughs> uh, this right here was the first time I wrote something down in my <laughs> – I always think of Blue's Clues, Blue's Clues in my little nifty uh, uh, – your handy here. dandy notebook. Yeah, my handy dandy notebook. Um, <laughs> the, what I wrote down was the first reveal of the Tooth Fairy is absolutely terrible. I mean, this is the one. If you're going to direct a movie like this, I think you need to put all your chips in with this first reveal. This first, I mean, the the scene up until this point was working for me. The mask is the biggest problem I have. That that's got to be the most disappointing. The, the most terrible mask I've ever seen in any horror movie ever. I was not a fan of the mask and also the re reveal of the quote unquote monster lost me. I, and at that point I was like, yeah, like you doing the eye roll. I'm like, okay, this <laughs> came from what was, you know, starting to be a pretty creepy scene to you got to be kidding me right now. Uh, I, I agree. The mask is fucking boring. Um, Kyle's mother tries to get him to leave the, the brightly lit bathroom that he's ran and, and hidden away in. And when he refuses, she goes into his room to reassure him that nothing's in there. And this leads to tragedy. Kyle's Did mother you see is that killed. coming? I've seen this movie, so I knew what was going oh, on. Oh, that's okay. That's right. See, I had not seen this movie. So, I mean, part of me is like, uh, no, it's just going to be you know, she's going to be like, Oh, it's fine. Go back to bed. So I thought the kid was going to get taken kind of thing. So mm. I will say that saw, that, yeah, I saw this in theaters when it came out. Yep. I remember you saying that now I, I did like that, that scene with the mom, uh, because it was pretty brutal. It, it was for, I mean, it, not in the way it was shot because you don't really see anything, but you know, for being a little boy and seeing that, I mean, it, there was some brutality in that. So I, I actually enjoyed that. That was a plus for me. Well, and this this leads to what is, in my opinion, the best shot of the movie. Um, so you know, the movie blew its load right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the 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 mask is not impressive, but um, she goes in there and and she gets she gets killed by the the tooth fairy. And uh, as he as he's huddled up in the tub, she's hovering above the doorway and just screaming like uncontrollably. But she can't go in because uh, the light, the light hurts her. Mm -hmm. I mean, the flashlight kind of shows you that. And then um, her not being able to, you know, go get the little boy. I think the shot of her hovering above the door is effective. Mm -hmm. it's, it it's, it's that thing that's just right, right out there, man. You're right within its reach. And it's fucking dark and twisted and angry. And it wants you and your teeth. Come on. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that that part that part right there is cool, but um, Kyle gets taken away into uh, I guess child services like like their custody, and uh, he's he's placed in a psychiatric institute because the police think he's the reason his mom is dead. Which and, that was something I had a I mean they basically accused accused him of killing his mom, which you know I, I mean i think any good cop can get that figured out i mean there's no way a child that small is going to be able to overpower his mom so i thought that was a little kind of goofy but again i mean this comes down to the fact that anybody that and everybody that listens to podcasts if you like a movie and someone's shitting on it you're going to be you know well you're nitpicking this and that they'll be able to contradict and, and come up with other examples but i realize it is easy to nitpick this 
when you don't like a movie, but that's something I thought of too. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, if, if I if I come across as like, you know, that I, that I hate the movie, it's because I do. So just enjoy. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I mean, if people, it's it's all in good. We still watched it, you know. Yeah. We watched. Yeah. It. it got watched. Jump cut to twelve years later, so we're just hopping all over the place. Caitlin, now a grown woman, uh, the little girl from earlier who was kissing him and said it tasted <clears> like blood. She's seeking help for her little brother Michael, who can't sleep, and um, he's having he's having these fits, night terrors. So mm-hmm. she she's like, oh shit, the same thing's happening to my little brother. I better call fucking Kyle and and you know I don't know how he's doing but I might go ahead and stir up some old dark memories yeah trying to trying to fucking <laughs> get get help from my little brother he Kyle is living in another city at this point in an apartment that is fully equipped wall to wall floor to ceiling with fluorescent lights i think kerosene lamps right does he have kerosene yeah. or yep. or is it just lamps um he had a lantern, I, th- I believe he receives a phone call from Caitlin regarding her little brother and his issues. And although they haven't spoken in over a decade, Kyle hears her concerns and their old spark is reignited. Kyle has been obsessed with the tooth fairy ever since, and he's undergone therapy and mountains of medication to try and ease his mind. He's got like drawings all over his apartment of, uh, the, the tooth fairy in kind of very, like very, very much like uh, in the ring, right? Like the little boy yeah, is always yep. drawing fucking circles and shit everywhere. <laughs> I just think of the little boy from Scary Movie Three, even when I think of the ring. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, that that the, movie. Oh man, yeah, that movie. I don't want to say ruined, but yeah, it was it was pretty. It was, it was funny. I'll I'll say that it was, it was funny. So Kyle travels to uh, to go and meet Caitlin and Michael the very disturbed child that doesn't want to be afraid of the dark anymore. And Kyle gives him a flashlight, calling it his peace of mind. Michael says she won't come in the light. And when Kyle asks who the boy says, uh, when Kyle asks who the boy says, you know who you've seen her too. So it's like, which um, like how, how the fuck would this little kid know? Exactly. I don't, I don't know. I mean, look again, you could call it a nitpick, but, I, again, the, when the there's a whole bunch of them, it, it. <laughs> yeah, it adds up. I mean, it's hard to overlook shit like this. It's 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 kind of it's fucking weak, man. Um, Michael says being taken away by this ominous figure might be easier than living in fear. This little boy is suicidal, bruh. And um, he tells Kyle, "She will kill me. No one can stop her." That you hear a little kid saying some shit like that mm-hmm. in a horror movie. It could it it could be effective if again, and I'm sorry that I'm shitting on child actors, but there's good ones, and then yeah. there's the ones in this movie. I, I'm I'm not I'm not. I, a, I'm and not and a, you know what? I'm gonna say that I don't even blame the acting on that. I blame the dialogue. This whole movie is just fraught with with poor writing, lazy writing. That's why when you were talking about that other guy that got the credit, I'm, I'm like, dude, you've written some legit movies how did this get passed through? Uh, yeah. If you take out the part where like, that, that, that we pointed out where he knows about Kyle's history and you have Michael be more frantic, mm-hmm. the, the other, the other dialogue could come across better. Like, you know, she's going to kill me and, and no one can stop her, but a little kid like freaking out. Yeah. 
that 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 to me could be a little bit more disturbing but it's just oh, god damn it man in this i i mean while we're on this tangent i'm going to go ahead and say this i was going to save this when we're a few more minutes into our discussion here but the relationship that um let me see let me get my names right here is it Kyle and Caitlin no the relationship that Kyle and Michael have is extremely convenient to the point that it doesn't make sense. So like what you're saying is, is that little boy, the way he talks, you don't have a five-year-old kid talking like that. They, they just don't articulate thoughts and they don't say things like that. The relationship that Michael and Kyle have, I mean, is Michael really going to, I mean, is it, you know, he's got this whole good guy role where I'm going to drop everything and I'm going to come up here and I'm going to save you guys. And I mean, if I was him, like clearly he's fine with, you know, he's dealt with the tooth fairy for what all those years. And all of a sudden, you know, he's about ready to jump back into it. Like, what does he think she, he can, he can beat her now. So very convenient, poor <laughs> lazy writing. I have no idea. And, and, and we're also led to believe that no matter where he goes, cause he's off in this other city with all these lights in his apartment, mm-hmm. I guess she'll try to go get him over there. She's like Santa Claus, man. She can fucking yeah. get, get around. Well, I mean, and then too, I mean, again, now, now I'm just nitpicking people that love this movie are like, shut the fuck up and move on already. I don't think, but why don't think is, those people exist. Why, why is this happening now? That's another thing I have too. I mean, clearly in order to make a movie, you need some kind of event, but <laughs> you know but still i'm like just why why but whatever anyways go well, ahead you said it you said it yourself the little boy is it's it's convenient it's a plot contrivance right. the little boy dealing with the shit but I there's mean, ways you can do it to make it not like you know big black slapping you across the face with his <laughs> members so i like how that's the unofficial like mascot every, of the joe yep. horror show now. every episode we're gonna bring him up <laughs> after a hug uh kyle and caitlin discuss michael's case and what might be the source of his problems. Caitlin produces some of her brother's drawings, haunting images that resemble the art Kyle had been drawing for years. He asks if Michael just lost a tooth and Caitlin dismisses the legend of the tooth fairy. So she, she called him over here. She's not willing to hear his crazy ass out. Mm-hmm. Not making sense. Um, the tension is cut when Larry, presumably Caitlin's boyfriend shows up and offers them uh, to go to dinner. I like this guy. Uh, I did like you his like, character. Yeah? Yeah. I liked Larry. The tension is cut. Oh, I just read that. Uh, <laughs> Caitlin decides to stay behind with her little brother, so they have a guy's night out. And they go to the bar, but uh, Kyle doesn't drink. So he, he's just kind of, you know, he's the opposite of a soak. Yep. <laughs> yes. I learned, I, I learned that term. I taught Tibu. Yep. I taught Tibu the soak term. Yeah, I didn't hear. I never heard that before. I like that shit. Um, after a little while, he gets the ashy, slashy treatment. There's a few barflies that are like, you know, staring at him, and uh, one of them comes up and st- he says some shit to him about killing his, like that Kyle killed his mom. Then he call him like a mom killer or something, something like that. Yeah. This drunkard, he he spills a beer on Kyle, who then leaves, and uh, <laughs> there's like some people. There's a few people clapping. <laughs> I it was yeah. So stupid, dude. Nobody, this, nobody would do this. Nobody would do this. This scene just made me so mad because I'm like, I just can't, you know, there are people in real life that like, I would have just freaking, I would have lit the guy up, but 
whatever. That's just me. Well, they they do, are drunk. They do start fighting, and um, it, they spill the the fight spills out over a guardrail in the parking lot. So the drunkard and Kyle both fall downhill, and uh, they have a brief fist fight before Kyle splits. Uh, the drunkard's left alone in the woods in the dark, the well lit dark. <laughs> yep, and, and is quickly dispatched by the tooth fairy in some hardcore PG thirteen kills. I think she just yeah, lifts him in the yeah. air and drops him on drops the ground. Drops him in front of the cops, yep. God damn it. Uh, yeah, that's that's. by this point, Larry has roused uh, local law enforcement, and they find the drunkard's body in the woods. So he, he, he's fucking Well, it dead. almost fell on him, so, <laughs> yeah. That's how it happened? I don't remember yeah. the, the, the details. Yep, it dropped, it dropped him right in front of the cop and, um, and Larry – if you'd have to pick a lamest kill in this movie, it's probably every kill. Um, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle then makes his way back to the mental hospital. Of course, that's where we all want to go, where Caitlin has been doing some tooth fairy research, and she uh, she doctors his wounds that he's he got all from bought his in all of a sudden. Look at that. What? Oh, who who is that? Caitlin. Caitlin. Yeah. She, yeah, she's starting to believe that shit now, <laughs> and um. Kyle fills her in on his life after they last saw each other. Um, since it's known that uh, Kyle's back in town, some of the police are trying to track him down and haul him in for questioning. First, well, I think they do. Yeah, they do go get him, right? Yeah, first they want to know why he has a duffel bag full of flashlights because that's you know concerning, I guess. Where'd you get and, all these flashlights from? I mean, flashlights. Pill, <laughs> that that would be more concerning, or the guy just or likes variety. It? Yeah, he just likes variety. <laughs> Wait, don't use that one. So, uh, speaking of variety, he's got pill bottle after pill bottle of antipsychotics. So, this fucking to them, this freak show is just running around town with all these flashlights. Pretty weird. Someone's dead. Second, they want to know if he murdered the guy. The cop questioning him pushes the issue, uh, laying out crime scene photos of the deceased. This is so. This is also over the top. Mm -hmm. And Kyle asks for an attorney before being locked in a holding cell. Um, Caitlin returns to the hospital where Michael is just barely sleeping, and the tooth fairy has found her way into his room, and she starts groaning. So that that that's a more effective uh, example to me than what she was fucking bellowing out at the beginning right. of the movie she stirs the boy who scrambles into yet again another fully lit bathroom where he locks himself inside well yeah he had i mean he he rolled over and they, the light was only on like half of his bed and his arm wasn't it his arm that was like kind of hanging over into the into the dark and then she grabbed it and i'd be lying to you if i told you i remembered man this, <sighs> i don't sorry. blame you for not remembering no you're good it's it's I'm literally I mean some things I do recall but uh, yeah uh, the next day Caitlin is told by the doctors that Michael may end up trying to hurt himself which this would play out a lot better if the kids acting had been better at the fucking beginning or like you said just different dialogue man right. coach that that kid a different way um, they're gonna have to try something a little experimental a self deprivation or a sense deprivation chamber yep wherein the patient is left in the in the utter darkness to face his supposed irrational fear. At this time, uh, Larry's getting Kyle out of jail 
So I guess he's taking him into his custody and he, uh, he's trying to understand, you know, what the hell's going on. But all Kyle is interested in is re-upping on flashlights and batteries. Flashlights and batteries <laughs> and flashlights. And, and then the two of them, they, they drive off to the hospital. There's a lot of back and forth to this fucking hospital, man. God damn it. This, this repetitive plotting mess. And this movie is not long. It's not long, but it <laughs> it's feels not, long. It's super short. It's 88 minutes. 86 minutes. 86 minutes. That's with 11 minutes of... Um, I mean, this movie is 75 minutes long. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to say, like, the season finale of Better Call Saul I just watched was longer than that. <laughs> on, on the way over to, to this hospital, uh, Kyle starts to lament about Caitlin's emotional state. And um, no, 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 Larry does. Larry, the lawyer. He's he he's upset about uh, how Caitlin feels and tells Kyle that what they plan on doing is putting Michael in this fucking this this fucking chamber isolation chamber sensory deprivation and, yep yeah he he's telling him he's gonna need to lay low um pretty much but uh they're steered off course when the tooth fairy flies across the road and. Then makes short work of Larry, lifting him up into the air and dropping him on the ground. Her her trademark go to yep. fucking style of murder, man. God damn it, dude! If this just make it rated R, show us some jaws getting ripped off or something like yeah, something. She, she would that would be cool if she had like a fuckling a uh, uh, fuckling. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a southern she, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if she had like a um like a, a fucking necklace or a belt of human jaw bones oh. <laughs> spruce, spruce this fucking bitch up man god damn yep. fuck yeah dude Tr little trophies little moment memento mm -hmm. uh any kung uh kung pao fans out there where the hell did, did i leave off man i'm sorry somewhere around this, kung pao chicken yeah, well, Larry gets killed, and this allows <laughs> this allows Kyle to uh, steal the car, and um, he continues again towards the fucking hospital. He calls ahead on Larry's cell phone and tells the nurse not to put Michael in the dark. The nurse instead calls the police, as she rightfully should, because you know, so far everyone's suspicions in this movie would be accurate. Is that a what is that a Viking or a knight? It's a Viking. Got a Viking on his on his beard. Yep, man. eating a pecan pie. That's a real fucking thing, and we eat the shit out of it down here. I make a mean peanut butter pecan pie, bro. Knock your socks mm. off. Swear I've never to God. heard of that. It's peanut dope. butter it's, pecan pie. It's delicious. It's easy and delicious. It's it's uh, Ooh, way better to like get my through wife. than. <laughs> oh shit! Snap! It's 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 way <laughs> easier to get through than this than this fucking movie. Um, Send me the recipe, bro. Oh, for sure. In this race against time, just before Michael can be submerged in utter darkness, Kyle rushes into the room, putting a stop to the procedure. Uh, before they can leave, however, the cops come in and swiftly just arrest his ass. So he's back mm -hmm. in their fucking custody again. Where'd you get all these fleshlights from again, Kyle? We took them all last time. And why is why was Larry dropped on the road? <laughs> yeah, God right. damn it. Explain all this. How are you throwing people so high in the air, Kyle? The cops try to pin the murders on Larry, of Larry, and the drunkard on Kyle, uh, but he won't relent with his explanation for the killings. 
the fucking tooth fairy. Just then, the entire town loses power. The cops are searching uh, the police station with one officer checking the evidence room where he hears the snarling screech. I will say that I thought the scene was pretty cool. It was one of the, it was one of the better scenes of the movie. In a movie like this, I mean, I'll just give it to you. In a movie like this. I'll I'll give it to you because, again, I don't really remember it. That's that's how bad it is. Uh, Everyone hears gunshots uh, coming from the evidence room, but it was just some some officer shooting at the captain's dog, right? (laughs) Like, that's the explanation they give. I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember the part either. Remember. I mean, I remember okay. the scene pretty clearly, but I don't remember the, the the first gunshots you heard or whatever. Instead, the Tooth Fairy is actually stalking Kyle just outside the holding cells where she starts picking off one cop after another. Uh, th- and isn't this like she's just kind of swooshing in through the air and grabbing people? And y- Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was... Right. I, well, part of it too is, is, is there are a couple characters in here that you are familiar with. It's, it's a childhood friend, uh, which is the younger of the cops. And then his dad is the chief. So you've, you've, I mean, well, let's talk in perspective of the movie and what you're supposed to think and feel. So you're supposed (laughs) to feel something for these characters. You know, you have this, this cop who kind of, kind of comes off kind of hard and, kind of a little bit of an asshole, but anyone that's watched movies before, especially us, we know that he's going to come off hard, be an asshole, but he's going to, you know, see what they're seeing. He's going to believe them and he's going to take over some kind of hero hero role. Um, Clearly the dad's going to be, you know, kind of cannon fodder to this whole thing. So I thought the scene was, was pretty cool. I mean, you know, typically you wouldn't expect a whole police station terminator style to get wiped out by by something um i mean was it done well no (laughs) i I was gonna say i think it could have been cool it could have been but i mean i'm putting this let's look at it as a whole um you know preparation h does feel good on the whole uh austin powers are through for you guys on the whole yeah so i mean Looking at at it as a whole with the movie, it was a plus. You have to put like it in the plus category. I like how you're trying to be positive with it, man. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I respect that. Um, and I agree. The scene in this movie, this is a, a, a better scene where right. the, the, the thing is ripping and roaring through the police station. And just like the cop mm. daddy from fucking Jason Lives, um, this dude gets the, – the cop daddy yeah. here gets offed. Um, not nearly as fucking cool as Jason no. lives, though. Sorry. I love them PG-13 movies. But anyways, and carry on. D- during all this insanity, Kyle is freed from his cell, and I think that's by his friend, right? I'm sorry, what was he, that? He, during, during all the craziness, while the Tooth Fairy is fucking picking people off, Kyle gets freed from his cell, and it's by his cop friend, right? Oh, uh, I, can't, I can't remember if it's that or if he grabs the keys. Well, he, he scares the tooth fairy off with uh, his, his handy-dandy yeah. flashlight. Yeah. yeah. Um, back at the hospital, the tooth fairy, again, like fucking dude, she's the flash. She's over there now trying to get Michael, her wailing vengeance echoing throughout the darkened corridors. I'm trying to spice it up, man. Luckily, Caitlin and Michael are found by Kyle, 
but are forced into an elevator by the, f- <laughs> the, uh, the, the, uh, the cop friend is with them at this point, right? Or does he show up later? I'm, I'm forgetting. No, no. He, yeah, he shows up later when he drives his SUV through the door. Okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm making us jump ahead, but yep. I'm, I'm just trying to make sure I didn't write this incorrectly. Yeah, they're at the hospital with a couple doctors. So it's a male and a female doctor. And they're, this is, I think, are you talking about the scene where they're jumping from step to step? Mm, I have no fucking idea. The elevator, the elevator breaks loose eventually though. Mm-hmm. And it collapses several stories down with, Kyle's bag of flashlights left inside, so they're kind of fucked. Uh, no, no more flashlights at this point, or maybe they each have their own individual ones. Uh, they like make it out of the. Ele- Go ahead. Did they make it out of the out of the elevator alive and try to escape the hospital by staying in these very few glints and beams of light yep. that are left thanks to the generators. Yep. But uh, so you, you basically have expendable soldiers at this point with you know a couple doctors. Yeah, that's that's uh, like the police, the doctors and nurses here. They're caught and killed at the last second, over and over again. The 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 tooth fairy just comes screaming and swooshing through the fucking screen and and takes them takes them off into the dark to drop them from very high. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just it's so. I mean, that's that's the DDP right there, man. Let me put it into wrestling terms for you. Don't you dare compare the fucking diamond cut. If dude, if the Tooth Fairy would have been fucking planting diamond cutters left and right, this movie would be a fucking. 10 <laughs> but I'm right just saying now, that's okay? her. That's her. That's her signature. Fuck her signature move, man. Uh, she would. She would be something to uh, contend with if it was all dark, though. I don't know what her weaknesses are besides fucking light and movies. fire. <laughs> no, that's that's our weakness right now. You know what? It ain't though. We can get through this. Let's get through this. So they make it out of the elevator alive, and they try to escape the hospital. And they're, the the nurses and the cops are all getting picked off. Um, the cop at this point, the cop that freed Kyle uses his SUV to crash through the entrance of the hospital, and the survivors all head for the lighthouse with several cans of gasoline. If I remember correctly, they have they have mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. or is it or is it just one can? What's their plan? They're, they're going over there to restore the, the, the power to the lighthouse. Yeah, right? yep, yeah. Well, the, the, the lighthouse has its own fuel system. Right, right. Which so will play, on, yeah. On the way there, we get uh, round two of the fucking vehicle being attacked by the Tooth Fairy. She smashes into it as many times as she can, uh, grabbing the only doctor from the hospital staff to make it this far. So you're, you're down to your, your main characters and, and cop friend. Uh, after entering the lighthouse, the officer and Kyle filled the lighthouse's generator with fuel to power it. Yeah, so they, they got the big light back. Um, oh, no, they don't. Never mind. <laughs> this Not doesn't yet. seem to work, though. So uh, Kyle and Matt, I, I, I wrote his name down here, Officer Matt, they walk down the spiral staircase to see if they can fix the issue. All this over a fucking tooth. That's <laughs> yep. what Kyle says. In a in a better movie, where if they would have played the schlock up, this that might have uh, been uh, funny. Yeah, it's it might have been. I don't know. While working on the fuel fiasco, the tooth fairy stalks them in the shadows and then strikes, taking Matt to his end. What does she do to him? She drops him. Um, honestly, I can't even remember. She probably does. Fucking she gives him the cutter. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> Matilda, 
<laughs> that's her name, by the way, the Tooth Fairy's name, then shatters the glass atop the lighthouse, sending Caitlin falling down the tower. Before the Tooth Fairy can claim another victim, though, Michael turns on a switch and restores power to the lighthouse's beacon, and it starts to burn the Tooth Fairy. This is the final, the final showdown here, guys. What you got? You got something before we before we do this? Round two, fight! <laughs> Atop the lighthouse, Matilda the Tooth Fairy returns and grabs Kyle while simultaneously destroying the beacon. Her white porcelain face mask falls to the floor and breaks, unveiling her scarred, gruesome face. Bruh, this is not good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really not good. Some people hate infamously the uh, face reveal from Jason Takes Manhattan. I've heard it compared to a garbage pail kid or something like, or a cabbage patch kid. Yeah, all yeah. pussy and yeah, I liked it, but whatever. I I actually do love it too. Um, I love it. I think I, I think it's one of the better ones. But to to compare it, that is solid gold. It's just a CG mess, really. It is. It is. So putting putting this nightmare to an end, um, this 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 momentary, I guess I don't know if it surprised her, but she was still screaming about it. This momentary, uh, <laughs> I guess, revealing of her face allows Kyle to set fire to her bare spirit, engulfing her in flames because she's not a real creature. I mean, right? She's. I don't even know what what the fuck she is. This is well. No, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Well, to 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 close us out on this on this fucking disaster piece. In in a brief epilogue, a young boy. I'm gonna take that back. It's not a disaster piece. Would be something that's fun to watch. In a brief epilogue, a young boy places a tooth under his pillow, and you're about to get you know the the return of the fucking tooth fairy. But jump scare, it's his mom sneaking up on him in his own room. Where was she hiding when the dad put him to bed? I have no idea. That's weird. But she puts a gold coin under his pillow, signifying the end of uh, Matilda's curse on Darkness Falls. And well, an end was of this it, fucking up. Fuck yeah. Fuck I, I, I thought that it was – I thought it was the exact opposite, where it was alluding to she's not gone yet kind of thing. But, well, any, anyways – this this was another thing too that I had a huge problem with. The ending was so bad. It was so bad. When you when you try to, I mean, let's look at like movie making one hundred and one. There there's, you know, you set the stage. I don't know for some reason Ari Aster's Midsummer came up. The very opening of that movie, it gets you in hook, line, sinker. You know, with the obviously every anyone everyone that's seen that movie knows what I'm talking about with that opening scene. This movie fails miserably in the opening scene and everything leads up to the final fight. The, the final fight of this scene was, was atrocious. And well, I kind of like the whole idea of the, the lighthouse in that setting, but I mean, a flaming right hook to kill her. Are you fucking serious? Out of the 68 minutes or whatever at, this movie where we're at now, you're going to cap it off with something as dumb as, <laughs> you know, like a mortal combat fucking finishing move. That was, I was going to say something. Uh, Haruken. Yeah. And he Haruken. fucking took out the tooth. Oh, Come on. It dude. was so bad. A flaming right hook is what killed her. I mean, 
oh, I, I was I was so disappointed in that. I would like to cringe listen to a to an episode of a podcast where where a few people gush about this movie. You know what? Tomorrow, I am going to get on my on Stitcher is what I listen to podcasts on. I'm just going to search. You can search by episode. I'm going to search Darkness Falls. I want to listen to someone else's review of this. I don't think it's going to be good. I don't think I don't, I don't think this is a beloved film. I never hear people talk about this film ever. And it's not it's not a hidden gem. It's it is a thankfully buried movie and I think we buried it here again. I mean, look, yeah. if you love the movie and we're coming down hard and we seem like bullies or whatever, grow the fuck up, man. <laughs> sorry. I'm well, sorry. Let's let's get into our final thoughts and comments uh and ratings. So give us I mean, I'm going to have you go first. Final thoughts, comments, and your rating. This movie could have been interesting. From the, from the beginning, like I said, it could have had this unique fairy tale approach, and they could have made it a period piece and set it in this spooky town, lit it differently, filmed, like shot it, framed it differently, and made it more fantastical and put us in that world like you know like something like a a recent movie that did a better job of this is something called the wretched um haven't seen it yet it's a it's a 2020 movie that has a not it it just it feels more it feels like a version of this that was done better i don't know how really else to, to describe it there's no swooshing screaming banshee ladies that are after after your uh your, your, your fucking muzzle but <laughs> yeah well yeah, you need the fleshlights she <laughs> she she needs something else mm-hmm. but uh, this movie's a bore and it's not memorable i did i had a hard time remembering details from the film even though i wrote down not you know excruciatingly detailed notes but but enough to to get us through this thing it's it's just fucking boring man acting's bad i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it one point for existing because to get a movie made at all is a hard thing to do. Um, even if it's a movie that, you know, the studio is just kind of throwing money at a, a fucky script to get to as a cash grab. It gets one point for existing and then a half a point for that cool opening scene where she's hovering above the door. Mm-hmm. And then it gets another half point for ending. I'm joking about that last one. It, I, dude, I'm giving this I'm giving this 1.5 out of 10. All Smoke right. Movies. The the worst thing a movie can be to me is boring. If it's bad, absolutely. But memorable, that that gets a bigger pass from me, but this is this is just god awful. It's it's just not fun. There's nothing fun about it. And um I'm mad at you cuz you made me watch it. I didn't pick it. Just well, just keep that in I'm, mind. I'm mad at, at the drunk Double Darius D. thing. Yep. Yeah. Not okay. Really, but... Darkness Falls 2003. There were promising elements of this movie. I compare this movie to a current Blumhouse movie, just not as good. I don't know that there's actually a Blumhouse movie that's as bad as this. But no. you can tell that they were, I mean, they, they, they had a certain crowd in mind when doing this movie. Clearly, I think what they wanted to do was, was 
you know, put out a horror movie. I would actually be curious to find out when this dropped in theaters. Actually, can you pull that up real quick while I while I chat about this? Because I I would be curious as far as you know where they were going with this. I mean, you'd think with everything it would be a summer release. I'm gonna guess it was like a July August release. Um, but you can clearly tell that they were no. Oh, could find no. No, I, oh, I've got it. No, dude, this this is exactly where it should have been, at least um, back in this time period. Now, the beginning of the year, you find, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll find some hidden gems coming out in theaters horror-wise. Mm -hmm. But January and February used to be the dumping ground of movie studios for yeah. projects that they had little to no confidence in. And this movie came out January 24th, 2003. Sure. Yeah, so... I am just kind of baffled with everything about this movie because everything about it seems like it was pandering towards a teeny bopper, you know, high school, middle school kind of crowd. Clearly it worked in some respect because it made what $50 million worldwide. Here's what I'll say about this movie. I mean, we, we talked quite a bit about it. You guys heard kind of my pluses and minuses, pros and cons about it. I will say that, seeing this movie in the theater with a bunch of friends would be kind of fun. This is a kind of movie that this is, this movie is made for non horror fans. I'm just going to go ahead and say it outright. Someone like us going to this in the theater with other friends that are not necessarily horror fans. I think we would have enjoyed it a lot more because this would be a lot more effective with those type of people. Um, I, I've I, just talking about this. I've got a list of friends in, in my head you know, from college and whatnot that I think it would have been fun to go with a group of people to obviously with us watching a lot of horror movies, knowing the tropes and being able to diagnose why we don't like it, whether it's boring or not. A big thing with this one is going to be the writing. I just didn't like the direction it took with some of the, you know, like I said, the opening scene and the closing scene just didn't work for me. However, I'm coming in at a five on this that holy shit yeah that's a lot higher than you came in but i think it's just an average horror movie i mean if if i look oh. at you know if i watch 100 movies a year this is going to be kind of average because similar to what you said about a movie being boring i use you know as dumb as it sounds i've got like you know the cell phone effect we're in a day and age now where handheld devices we're we're constantly checking facebook and instagram and twitter and everything so I can tell how involved in a movie I am by how much I'm on my phone. And to be honest, I really wasn't that much, you know, scrolling through Facebook and looking at stuff. So part of it worked, part of it didn't. I thought that some scenes were pretty, pretty creepy and scary. I mean, obviously we're going to be a little bit more hardened than the average, you know, moviegoer when it comes to uh, horror movies. But I can absolutely see where this would be terrifying. Like someone like my wife, for example, she'd be fucking scared <laughs> shitless with this movie. Well, no, so, I agree with you when you say that this is a, a, a film for non-horror fans. This, to me, the is. only audience for this movie is a, uh, a group of fucking 12-year-olds that don't watch Ab horror movies. Yeah, I would say that of that $50 million, I would go ahead and venture a guess that a majority of them were, like, like you said, 12 to you know, in their early twenties, like high school, college kids. I was there. And I, I bet a lot the of them liked it. Yeah. 
Well, I got to tell you, man, we did I'd be not... curious what your original thought was with this movie. Didn't like it. Oh, really? Yeah, no. I, by the time this came out, 2003, I had already kind of started my... Uh, my I'd already seen a lot of horror movies by right. that point. Um, my, my nanny owned a video store, so I got to check out all kinds of movies. And um, I'd rent all the time, too. So I, I was I was seasoned for a, for a twelve year old. Um, sure. I had already seen shit like Evil Dead and, and whatnot. So this was <clears throat> I didn't like it then. I yeah. I kind of I'm not gonna say I hate it. I'm just never gonna watch this movie again. Oh, no me neither. Me neither. What? No, I, I and and that that five might be a little heavy, but I am kind of trying to put this into perspective of potential well of listeners and potential future horror fans i mean this again like like i said it it's kind of like a blumhouse type movie in that i do think that if you show this to random quote unquote horror fans or people i think they're going to like it a lot more than us um you know because it is kind of like a neutered version of a you know a scary movie kind of deal so so with this average this would average out around like a 3 then between the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay with that as a rating. Cause yeah. like I said, it, it did at least get fucking made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I just can't get over the, the, just how boring it was, man. Again, that's, yeah. that's my biggest sin. That's my biggest I guess biggest it wasn't as boring with me. I just had more problems with the way it was done. I mean, like you said, after doing a little research and talking about, you know, the actor who or the director that didn't want to direct this, I mean, he probably did not have the same passion for this as he would, you know, another movie or, or something that he really wanted to get made. So that's a good term for this movie, passionless. Mm-hmm. It's very bland. It feels like a studio yeah cash grab it, to but me. also too i mean we don't know i mean yeah this could be something where he had a bunch of ideas and directions he wanted to go but it was shot down you know because they wanted to market this to the widest audience ever so you know your your whole <laughs> as you put it your notorious you know diamond cutter kills it's the exact same kills over and over you know they, they probably <laughs> had to be careful with how they were gonna do that so i want to get out there to the to the to the listeners if there's anyone out there that actually enjoys this movie let us let us know like write in and, and tell us yeah. about it tell, tell us why you like joe it. blow horror show at gmail.com or on facebook and we'll read it on the show i'm, I'm curious as well but and i want to know if i'm coming across as a fucking asshole with with how i'm uh reviewing this movie because i don't want to i don't want to sound like a complete hater um but it's just I'll tell you what, I think you need to go and watch some more movies on sci-fi and Showtime Beyond if you're going to be that harsh with a 1.5. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally just because it bored me. And, and yeah. I, I had to watch it, like stare at it because I'm doing the notes. Right. So I'm, I'm pausing, I'm rewinding. So I kind of saw it like you could almost say twice. <laughs> it's, sure. It's, uh, it, was, it was hard. It was very hard. Yeah, no, I, that, that's fair. But I, I mean – I can completely. I, I knew this was not a good movie. Um, I don't mind reviewing and, movies like this either. Right. It, it was just keeps it is us in what check, it is, buddy. Man. Keeps us in check. But I will say that even though after talking about it, I mean, there's been multiple times on the show where I've either come up or come down on a movie. I, I, I am 
kind of happy with sticking at five. I mean, because I just think this is average. This is, in my opinion, this is just the epitome of average. I mean, there, there's I, some I good agree. stuff and some bad stuff, but. I agree. It's, it, you could call it that, and, and, and it can represent that. The, the staleness of it makes it average, and for me, the boring aspect just brings that down brings further. It down. Yeah, no, that makes yeah. sense. So, All right, well, that wraps it up. Boss Tuna is coming in at a 5. Tibu is coming in at a 1.5, and that <laughs> is Darkness Falls 2003. We are going to take a quick break, and we will be back with that promised segment. So stay tuned, folks. Mark Nato presents a shot in the dark. All right, welcome back, friends, to A Shot in the Dark, presented by Mark Nato from Horrorcast. Welcome, Mark Nato. <clears throat> Dude, this is awesome uh, having you ha- having you on for this. The, you are absolutely perfect. When we thought about kind of reworking the segment, you're the first person I thought of. I talked to Tibu. I was like, Dude, you think he'd do it? And he's like, God, just give it a shot, man. I never know. I, I reached out to you and I can't believe it. We're, we're, it's, it's happening. So how are you yeah. doing, man? I'm doing great, man. And I, and I appreciate the invite. I'm yeah. always uh, looking for fellow uh, horror movie podcasters to connect with and network with. And, and uh, yeah, man, this is, uh, anytime I get to talk about horror movies, it's a good day. And, and then I'm definitely going to have you guys on uh, rotten round table. Cause uh, nice. Now. Absolutely. Chat about what you guys been watching. I'd, I'd completely be down. I'm sure, Tibu, you'd be down as well. Uh, yeah, man. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yep. Awesome. We'll do it. All right, friends. Well, we had this segment once before. You guys are probably wondering what the hell is going on with this new segment. Well, if you guys haven't already, uh, Mark Nato, I'm going to have you pimp your show again at the end, but you are the host of HorrorCast. Um, it's, it's an awesome show. Uh, I fell into it about a year ago. This guy is... As I said before, when we were talking earlier, you're an encyclopedia of, of horror movies. You watch so many new horror movies. Uh, it, it's, I always you know, see what you're putting out there on Letterboxd and, and on your Facebook page, so I followed that. So if you guys, fans of the show, will know how the segment has worked before. The whole idea was to pick movies of the current year, so 2020, and it was just going to be a shot in the dark, but we're going to pick random ones. Well, it still is a shot in the dark. Here is the twist. Mark Nato has been charged in finding one good and one not so good horror movie. We don't know which is which. He gave us a couple of movies to watch. Uh, Tibu and I have watched them. Uh, Mark Nato, go ahead and tell us what are the two movies you picked, but hold your thoughts on them for the time being. Yeah, well, just know, you know, uh, there's one that, that I think is a good one, one th- that I think is a stinker, but, uh, you know, you guys might think they both stink. Who knows? But um, th- this year has been kind of crazy because there's not a lot of horror at the movies, right, because of this stupid COVID this right. pandemic. Uh, but I'm telling you, it's not a bad year for horror. Uh, 
even even with that, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff out that's uh, worth seeing. So um, I picked two. Uh, one is a foreign language film where it's kind of a little bit of both. There's a little bit of Filipino dialogue in there and some English, but it's called uh, Motel Akasha, uh, or as they re-released it in, in the United States, Akasha Motel. So one of the one of the two. Right. And the other one is uh, Exorcism at 60,000 Feet. And I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good exorcism movie. That, there's, that's one of okay. my favorite uh, subgenres okay. uh, is, is exorcism. So, yeah, I've seen both of those and uh, wanted to see if you guys could pick out the good one, pick out the stinker. So. I, I, this, this, I think this is going to be a perfect start to this new segment. And uh, for those wondering, Mark Nato has graciously accepted joining us each time we do this segment, even though we have about five, I believe, rotating segments. So that's only going to be a few times a year, but we'll always have that offer out there if you want to join us for a guest spot as well too. So, but this is going to be the segment brought to you by Mark Nato himself. Tibu, why don't you pick which movie you would like to talk about first? Okay. Um, I'm going to go in alphabetical order and <clears throat> I saw, I saw it as on the film as, and this might be a dialect thing. I'm from the South. So Acacia is, is how we say it up, up yep. down here. Yep. Um, Acacia motel, at, at least that's the way the title card says it. Um, but I found it both ways weird. Yep. This movie, um, it, 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 it's got an interesting introduction as far as what's going on. Well, the the bare bones plot of it is that this this uh, bastard child is being taken in by his odd father. I don't know where this guy is from, but I think this movie takes place in America, in a like a a, a weird quasi America because they talk about making America great or keeping it great. They, something over this intercom that's happening at the beginning, mm-hmm. and uh, the father and the son go to this hotel, but it's also like a bunker, and the set design is awesome. I was kind of blown away by that. And the cinematography with the locations that they were, they were shooting in was beautiful. Um, The acting was spotty uh, when you take in some of the, take into consideration some of the ensemble cast, but I thought the father and son, I thought they were actually really good. Um, There's a musical piece at the beginning too, that evoked the feeling of this being a fairy tale. Uh, And I could see some of the imagery lending itself to like Guillermo del Toro's work um with the bed and and some some of the uh forest or earthy well i don't know should i go into kind of that part like what it's about i don't know if we're, yeah, no, if we're are we spoiling are we gonna uh, spoil these i uh, let, let's let's do i no, you know what let's uh let's not spoil let's let's kind of dance around it um okay you know, I mean, I don't know if we want to go full-blown spoilers. We can talk a little bit about it uh, as far as that goes. So, I mean, I think it's safe to say if you read the actual, what the, we'll just call it the plot, is it's about a young Filipino man who is groomed by his tyrannical Caucasian father to take over Motel Acacia, which is tasked with exterminating immigrants. So, you know, that that may be a spoiler in itself, but as we know, most people go on IMDb and do a little bit of research anyways. So, but it takes a political bent, um, um, which I don't really want to, I'm not sure if that's, that's really, really where we'd want to go talking about it, but, uh, it definitely has a point to make. Um, 
and I'll say this without spoiling anything. I think the the special effects for what I imagine this movie being a very small budget, I think they're imaginative um, and creative enough that they some of the weaker parts, especially in the middle, when it kind of becomes a uh oh, we're all having to run around kind of away from this thing without giving anything away. I, I, it kind of loses me there, but it kind of brings me back at the end with with a little bit of ambiguity of like what's going to happen here now. Now that right. what plays out plays out. Yeah, Mark Dato, why don't you give us your thoughts on this, and we'll do ratings uh, after we all give a our ideas. Do, do you want me to um, to say whether I like it or not? Uh, why don't you be uh, uh, pretend you're in a presidential debate right now and, <laughs> and, you're, and you're, you're, you're trying to pander to both sides and then we'll, well let's just talk over each other like this and, and no. yeah, Hey, well, what's going on? Hey, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah we'll um, a little bit of likes and dislikes and we'll save, we'll just save it. We're just going to kick them right in the balls yeah. with our ratings at the end. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to piggyback there on, on Travis when he was saying that uh, uh, there were shades of Del Toro maybe in there. I also had some uh, flashes of Cronenberg in there with some body horror. And I watch so many new movies that I watch a lot of crap. I mean, I have to wait. You know, I feel like, um, you know, Andy Dufresne in uh, Shawshank Redemption. Crawled through a river of shit, came out clean on the other side. You know, and I wade through this stuff. And this movie was just plopped in my lap and, and no one had ever been talking about it. This movie has a 3.2 out of 10 on IMDb. And I was like, okay, so it's probably not going to be any good, but I'm going to watch it anyway because it just came out. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, again, piggyback with Travis. The cinematography was really good. Uh, It just looks, it looks like a film that's going to be in theaters. Right. It doesn't look like a cheap, low-budget film. Uh, nice um, scenery, overhead shots. Um, I, I love horror. Uh, what we're doing this December on Horror Kiss is horror in the cold. And that's in, you know, there's, there's snow, there's kind of snow, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I, I thought the acting was, was pretty good. The practical effects was good. Solid score. Um, and, and it just didn't look like a, you know, a, a low-budget movie to me. And nobody was talking about it. And uh, I thought it maybe deserved to be seen. Now, whether it's, um, you know, the good one or the bad one, I don't know. Because mm-hmm. does, it, does it fall apart? Does it really stick uh, what it's trying to say? I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. But it is now on Prime. So if uh, listeners want to go and watch it, it is, it is on yep. Prime. Yes, that's how, that's how I watched it. Yep. Y- yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that you can't say about this movie is it looks like a good a legit movie it's the setting is cool i i am a sucker i was born and raised in northern minnesota i i live in iowa now winter is my favorite season so i am a sucker for anything cold and outdoors and i actually was getting a little bit of the lodge vibes with this um even though that it really is is kind of nothing like the lodge but it's you know that atmospheric tone that sets in really dark. I mean, it's a dark movie for the most part. Uh, I thought they did great with the set piece, especially, I mean, the first thing I wrote down was, as the setting is cool, it looks like they just kind of dusted off the ship from the alien movies for, you know, that, uh, that Mm -hmm. hotel motel bunker 
uh, area uh, as well. Whenever, too, so. whenever all the lights in that bunker started flat, like coming on and, and we were presented with that long corridor, that was, I mean, we already had the overhead shots, which I was like, wow. But that was the one shot where I was like, okay, they're taking, they're taking time and, and being, they're trying to make it, you know, I don't want to say they're not being precious, but what's a better word? Not, well, yeah, precise. They're being precise with their decisions and how they're going to make. Yep. Yes. I and agree. I thought it was very clean too. I mean, in that everything, I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to explain kind of what an individual, I mean, it's, it's, it's like trying to explain to Elton John what pussy tastes like. I mean, it's just so <laughs> subjective, but I thought it was just a very clean, tight, like, I, I mean, I love the framing of the shots and everything. So, I mean, that, that, that was pretty solid for me. Um, I mean, I, I thought it was a very clear representation uh, or idea of kind of the border situation with the United States. I mean, I thought that this political, I don't think it was an undertone. I think it was an overtone. So I thought they made it kind of clear uh, as far as that goes, which I didn't have a problem with. I don't think anyone, whether you're left or right, middle, whatever, is going to let that bother you with the movie. But I mean, it, it definitely was out front with where yeah. it was and going. It's not, it's not like that hasn't been, um, you know, visited in other horror oh, movies over, right. the, over the last few years. You know, it's not, Absolutely. It's not really some, a new some of the concept. most popular ones, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jordan Peele is. You know, he's like the new kind of uh, George Romero when it comes to putting that stuff in his movie. Arguably mm -hmm. might be a little bit more um, on the nose, but yeah. Yeah. So that, that's uh motel Acacia. Um, oh, I, 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 I go ahead. One little thing, T boo's interpretation. Um, Cause I, I caught the immigrant thing. I, I think most people will. And you read the plot synopsis. I didn't know that it said that in there, but, mm -hmm. um, and this is without giving anything away. The, the main character's name is JC. Yes. At one point, the father, the white father, calls himself God. He is the judge, jury, and executioner. Right. And they're pretty much – I mean, it's a horror movie. Some, some people are descending into a sort of hell without giving anything away. Um, I, I thought it was, like, weird if there's maybe this sort of subtext in there about religion, but just kind of yeah. really yeah. buried, or maybe that's just me. Some you know, imagery. They, yeah, they might have been like, is. I think you can watch this whole movie and not pick up on that and it not really uh, have, make a difference one way or the other, but they might have placed that there to kind of, for people to dig deeper maybe. Maybe. Right. Um, yeah. And, and they, did, think, uh, out there. They, they did kind of get me with that because after I saw this movie, I actually watched it uh, in the morning. I had one of my meetings canceled, so I watched this in the morning, so I had all day to think about it. And I was sitting there, you know, on the Google machine trying to figure out symbolism with the acacia tree and acacia bush. And, and that in itself is very s symbolic in both the Bible and in religion. Um, so, you know, the, the acacia wood. Uh, so I was trying to find stuff with that. I mean, again, I, you know, we could, you know, be, be talking about this forever. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Watson would have a nice... Um, oh, yeah. you know, diatribe on, on this whole thing. But anyways, I, I'm sure there was, but I think that we can, without giving anything away, we can kind of talk about that. This is, you know, Guillermo del Toro type. Um, it, it is, I mean, there's a tree demon kind of thing in there. I mean, there, there's, a, this goes in a lot of different directions. I don't think you're going to really 
um, spoil anything by talking about there is fantasy elements to this. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a creature feature mm -hmm. type of movie, but there's, there's a, there's a, um, you know, a, a, there's a story there. There's right. a, there's an underlying story there. It's not just like within five minutes, you know, some, something's chasing everybody around and, you know, but it, it's got some, 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 some subtext and it's got some uh, substance to it. And, um, you know, whether it really sticks, sticks the landing or does, um, what it sets out to do, it remains to be seen. Right. But, and I'll say for me, one of the things with this, and I think a lot of people might fall in this camp is it is a little bit muddled in the story. I mean, y you do kind of have to put a lot of things together and it doesn't leave a lot of, I mean, there's, there's, I would say there's more questions than, um, you know, than answers with this movie. So, yeah. and I like that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't need everything. For sure. I need everything uh, tied up in a bow and it presented to me. Like I'm not a, uh, as you guys probably know, if you listen to the Harkats, I'm not a big uh, Rob Zombie Halloween kind of guy because you, you know, watch your lips trying to on answer. This. He's trying to <laughs> answer questions that I don't got the need to know. Uh, Michael Myers you. kills people. That's all. And, yeah, I'm not uh, a big fan of Rob Zombies either. Sorry, yeah, but, sorry there, Boss Tuna. Oh, yeah. hey, you so, know what? Back me into a corner. It's all right. <laughs> okay. Well, before uh, I, let's before we get into ratings, let's uh, talk about exorcism at sixty thousand feet. Mark Nato, want you uh, uh, let us know why you chose this one. Talk a little bit about this. Well, <laughs> I chose it because um, I don't even I don't even know why I chose it. I mean, I know why I decided to watch it. Um, you know, cause sometimes as I'm watching movies, I'll put some on the back burner and I'll be like, mm -hmm. I'm going to watch this before the end of the year, but this is not high priority. And I'm going to put that one on the high priority because number one, it's an exorcism film. And I love exorcism films, like I said before. Uh, and number two, I thought the poster art was really cool. Um, I, I thought it was kind of like a seventies kind of throwback. I, uh, I wrote that exact same. I'm glad you brought that up. That's, that's exactly what I said is, is, is I, mm -hmm. it, it definitely is. This is something that me as a kid would be walking through the horror section. I'd grab this off the shelf. So definitely oh, yeah. did a good job with the poster art. Yeah, it was, it was sweet. And, and then I also picked it because I think it could land one of, I mean, two ways for you guys. There, there might be people that this is their kind of stuff. This is their kind of movie, mm -hmm. and they're going to have fun with it. And they're going to like it, and there's going to be another crowd that's going to be like, "Oh boy, what a load of crap this was!" Right. And so, I thought it might be hard for you to tell which one, you know, was the yep. good one, which one was the bad. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you so, what. I mean, you did a good job with the. When you said exorcism at 60,000 feet, I immediately is like, oh, all right, well, that's <laughs> clearly going to be shit. <laughs> so, but we'll find out uh, what we thought. Tibu, go ahead. Um, yeah, initially looking the movie, like I, I didn't look it up to see what, what it was about, but I, I just I had to Google it just to be able to find it or whatever. And I saw it had Adrian Barbeau and Lance, Hen uh, Hensor uh, Lance Hendrickson in it. Yep. Henriksen and I'm like okay so this might be the wool being pulled over my eyes here this is because like like <laughs> like you said Mosley in it too yeah, yeah and Bill Mosley um it I, at first I was like 
this is probably the shitty one. But when I found out they were in it, I'm like, okay. So I start the movie, and the introduction is promising. And it has, I mean, the over the overacting of, of the dad that runs around being like, oh, everyone's dead. That that right there, for me, I'm the kind of guy that if something's cringy, I kind of like it. I like shitty, stupid-ass, cheesy-ass horror movies, as well as artful, tasteful ones. Um, you... The score by Richard Ban, that's the guy behind Reanimator, Terror Vision, Ghoulies, Puppet Master. I mean, this dude has made some iconic themes, and he I think he did it again. The, I thought yeah. the theme was really awesome. Yeah, the score um, was good. I noticed some some thea- uh, some thematic references to The Exorcist right at the beginning, as well as musical cues, which were really cool, and a Twilight Zone episode reference to the uh, Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet that that There's got my fucking heart dick on hard. the wing. Yeah, there is oh, a lot dude. of references on this in this yeah. movie. And then the captain, Captain Howdy, was captain was the captain of the plane. Yep. Was Captain Howdy? Oh. Yep. That was Lance Hendrickson. Yeah, and then the you know your mother does stuff and yeah, you know, you know I mean <laughs> yeah. So there was We're a rated lot our of little... podcast. You can let her rip. <laughs> Yeah, there yeah. was a little. <laughs> oh man, my grandma might be listening. But, oh, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But um, yeah, so there was a lot of little Easter eggs there, and I did it. I did enjoy that because uh, yeah. Exorcist is one of my top three of all time. Love that movie. I nice. I think I think it was hit and miss with the humor at different points. Overall, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the humor more than I didn't. There were still moments that were so cringe. Even I was kind of like taken out of it. <clears throat> I want to say the flight attendants and the priest, every time the three of them were interacting or two of them, or even one of them was doing something on screen, which is the majority of the film. I was happy. I liked them. I thought they were funny. Um, the effects are cheesy uh, and awesome. And they have some of those, like the tired, like head spinning around gag or the small threatening possessed you know, whether it's Ash's hand in this movie, it happens to be a stuffed Pomeranian, which is kind of, it's epic in what it is, but again, we've seen this over and over, but I didn't hate it, uh, that gag. Um, the cast all seemed to be in on the joke, too. Like, like they, they, they all knew what they were making, mm-hmm. and I think they played it up very well. So that's, that's kind of that's how I'm feeling about it. I think, I think it's a little more hit than miss, but... This is like you said. This is not the type yeah. of movie for everyone. It's not. Yeah. All right, Mark Nato, give us uh, your quick thoughts on this one. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I thought that uh, very similar to what what Travis was saying. There, there, there are times where I can take a movie like this and I just shut my brain off and I enjoy it, and um, it's just goofy and <laughs> and it's supposed to be on purpose. But here's my here's the rub. Um, when you attempt schlock on purpose, mm-hmm. it doesn't always land. You know, the best schlock is when there's a director and there's actors, man, they think they're making a masterpiece. <laughs> and and it's just not. Like like something like The Room, you mm-hmm. know, the Tommy, what's his name? Tommy Wiseau. Dude, that, that dude thought he was making, you know, an Oscar winning, you know, and that's why it's so funny because they're being <laughs> serious about it. Um, like troll Two, you know, I think they were trying yeah. to make a decent <laughs> horror movie there. 
And so, you know, whether this one landed, no pun intended, uh, for me, uh, I'll, let, I'll let you know on my rating. Yep. But I thought there were some, there was some parts that worked. I, I do uh, agree with uh, Travis on the score. Thought it was really good. Uh, uh, I thought the acting was good for what it was supposed to be. You know, over the top, cheesy kind of thing. Nobody was taking it too serious. Nobody was going too far over the top. Um, <laughs> and the, the comedy does fall flat in some spots for me. And, and the effects, you just have to, you just have to shake your head and say, <laughs> "Yep." I mean, are they? Did they put that in there to on purpose be funny? Uh, like, and I'm going to say, the worst effect for me. And this sounds so stupid, but was the breastfeeding scene? Did you see that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like they just superimposed this dude's head when he could have just like leaned over. Like yep. I'm not sure why they did that, but it was it was a little goofy. But but I enjoyed. I mean, who doesn't enjoy a good uh, uh, tampon in the mouth gag? Oh, that God. is awesome. Yeah, I love that fucking part. Yep. That dude's asleep the whole fucking movie, and he just out of nowhere straight up swallows a tampon in his sleep and chews it up. And it's just like, mm, that was the best. I, I love that. That was the yeah. best. All right. Yeah. I'm going to make mine uh, short. I may show my cards uh, talking about this, but it's the last movie. I'm the last one to go. So I really don't care. I will say that fans of the show and friends of mine know that I don't do, I don't even open up IMDb. I don't look at <clears> anything until after I watch the movie, I, I want to go in as blind as possible. Part, probably part of the reason I don't do rewatches, Mark Nato, is, is I think that a movie's first initial, you know, grand watching and everything. It's a place in time. Absolutely. I think that's the most powerful. For me, I don't think a movie can ever get better. Um, caveats to that. There's a couple in there. But so when you said exorcism at 60,000 feet immediately, I'm like, all right, well, that's the turd. Motel Acacia is a good one. I started watching this um, afterwards. Like you said, the, I, I was like, man, that, that cover art alone would have passed the Dave Z cover art test. If you're familiar. <laughs> with oh, yeah. um, there's so much about this movie. So first off, if the very beginning scenes, I mean, I don't really think there's anything to spoil in this movie because it's just so dumb, but <laughs> it started out where at first I'm like, the title makes it seem like it's going to be serious. Where in reality it's anything but, but that first opening scene was shot in it had As serious. Uh, yeah. It was serious. It was dark. And you're like, Holy fuck. What am I getting into the cross gun? I was like, Oh, that's actually pretty cool. Uh, um, mm -hmm. then you get into the plane and it flips the script. This movie is basically Sharknado meets airplane with, mm -hmm. you know, with an exorcism with an exorcism kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, with what you're talking about, Mark Nato, I think that everything was put in there to be bad on purpose with all the gore. I mean, this movie does have gore. It's got boobs and sex and everything that you need in a good horror movie. Uh, there's so many parts of it. I mean, this, this movie, like you said, there's a lot of lulls, but this movie, I would say, in my opinion, has, has more peaks than... But there are so many parts of this movie that were peaks. I, I, I was definitely in more peaks and valleys on this movie because of some of the scenes. I mean, that, that little guy, or politically correct, the, the little person, 
basically the dwarf. At first, I was like, is he really? That's his title. That's his yeah. title. Like, it is, yeah. I mean, he's Johnny the dwarf yeah. or something was, like that. Oh, yeah. He, he was supposed to be a kid, but he was clearly like a 40-year-old dwarf with stubble and a fucking nose ring. I mean, his scene, <laughs> that was great. I, I loved how I would say um, purposely bad the gore was. A couple of the highlights for me were the bathroom scene. I just called it the ketchup and mustard scene because oh my God. <laughs> they literally, it's like, hey, run and grab like a gallon of ketchup and a gallon of mustard. And let's just, I mean, that there, you could see like the grainy mustard coming down. It was, it was so, bad. so over the top. It was it amazing. Was, yep. The tampon scene was a highlight. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that, oh God, it, it, it was, it was great. I, I, I was so, so those happy. Those words, I've never thought those words would be uttered. Oh. The tampon scene was a highlight. Oh, man. <laughs> it was actually, no shit. I was watching this, and I, I think I watched this like two or three nights ago. I think I sent one of you guys a picture. I literally had to like stop eating my sandwich because I was like, I mean, that, that scene went on for another minute longer than it needed, needed to. <laughs> but well, it the achieved- tampon was a thread throughout. Yes. No pun intended. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, 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 yes. it popped up more than once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm just going to set the sandwich aside and I'll finish it later. I mean, it was it was yeah. so bad. So um, I am just going to go ahead and hop into my ratings because I will say this. Motel Acacia is the better movie. It was better acted. It was better shot, better sets, better everything, everything almost was better with motel acacia but i really liked exorcism at sixty thousand feet a lot more i'm coming in at a four with motel acacia which the way that i do we do our ratings right i do my ratings is is five is average so four isn't terrible it's just you know i would i would definitely never rewatch this again and it's a little bit below average for me so it's not by far a bad movie but i definitely can see just with because it's it's a well it's it's a good movie it's a better of the two movies i just enjoyed exorcism a lot more so i came in at a four with motel acacia and i am at a six with exorcism at sixty thousand feet this is a movie i think that you know like 15 years ago college with my buddies on a board tuesday night and we're drinking beers like we would all watch this yeah. and love it i mean it's a party yeah. movie absolutely yep. absolutely so Bastuna's coming in at a six with Exorcism at 60,000 feet and Motel Acacia at a four. Uh, Tibu, what do you got? Okay. Um, I'll start off with uh, Exorcism. That movie is what you said. It's a party movie. And I think if you I – th- I honestly think in, if it stays circulating through the, the horror community, um, I think I think it'll become one of those movies, one of those hey, let's all get some friends together, booze it up, blaze it up, and have a good time. I give it a 5.5, a um, little bit better than average because of the the funny parts. And I think, and I do rewatch. Uh, Mark Nato, you probably don't know any about anything about my watching habits. I I'm a big rewatcher. <clears throat> um, I th- I think a movie can have more value over over time. I do agree that the initial impact though sets a precedent. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, it, it usually should. Some, but sometimes someone could watch a bad movie or a movie rather and feel it comes across you know they're not in the right mood or mindset or that's absolutely true yeah i mean you can just come in in a shitty mood or or just 
you know, I mean, yeah. especially us that do podcasting and sometimes you're forced to watch movies and whatnot and you just aren't in the mood kind of thing. So I agree with that. Too. Yeah. Well, I don't mean to side tangent off of that. Uh, my bad. Um, but, but yeah, I give it a five and a half with, with the, the potential to go up. I want to rewatch it. So that's already a plus that to me already says it'll probably go up, but for right now, 5.5, but watch it with some friends, anyone listening, like I said, booze and blaze and, and enjoy that movie. I will Acacia be looking Motel. to buy this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. Just, just to show, buddy. I agree with the. I agree I with the. I saw it at Walmart. I think I saw it at Walmart oh, for no like nine dollars. Yeah, I, I think it, I'd totally well, that, hit that up. That'd be a steal. And about, I do agree uh, with the Motel Acacia. Or, or uh, go ahead. I, if you're not done with exorcism, haven't seen no, it. Yeah. I, I agree with the uh, the cover art that you guys are talking about. I think it's a throwback and it's fun and. Um, I really like it, but, but yeah, to move on to a motel Acacia or Acacia motel, whichever way that it's supposed to be that movie. And I'm showing my art house hand. Um, I liked it a lot. I thought it was very interesting, very well done. And another one that I would rewatch. And I think I'd find more and more if I, if I watched it again and again, I'm coming, I'm coming in kind of strong on this one. Uh, 7.5 out of 10 mackerel. Yeah, I really liked it, man. Um, again, it, it, it would, I think it would serve better with, with rewatches, just like the other film, but for different reasons. Sure. I think there's more to find in there than, than just the uh, immigration plot or even my speculative religion subtext. I, I, think, I think there's a lot going on, and um, it, it's, it's never going to be like a 10, but for me. I mean, Mark Nato sure. might turn around and be like, this is a fucking 10. <laughs> so um yeah that's that's uh 7.5 for acacia motel and 5.5 with strong potential to go up for exorcism at sixty thousand feet that's tibu's ratings nice all right bring us home mark nato all right well i've got to be in the right mood for a movie like exorcism at sixty thousand feet uh i will say this i've seen it twice now um, the first time I absolutely hated it. I was like, this is a piece of garbage. Um, I watched it again just to refresh myself for, for this. And, you know, I actually enjoyed it a little bit more again, knowing that I might have been in a different mood right. the first time that I watched it. Now, again, it's not a masterpiece. It's not, you know, something that I'll probably watch again. Uh, and, and I'm kind of with you, like out of 10, you know, four is still not a, a horrible, horrible me. So I give it a mm-hmm. four okay. out of 10. Um, and as far as uh, Motel uh, Acacia, uh, it's just my type of movie. It's just my type of movie. Um, I, I watched this after watching two or three, like really big turds. Nice. And, 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 uh, <laughs> put this one on and I was, I was, I was honestly blown away. And I, I feel like this is a hidden gem of 2020. Um, and not, it's not, it's not going to be for everybody, but just the filmmaking that is present there. The uh, 100% actual production agree. values yep. and the filmmaking. I can see uh, the director of this movie moving on to bigger and better things. Because he obviously knows how to 
you know, direct uh, and, and get the best out of a small budget. Right. It just, it looked like a, um, a $10 million budget movie where they might've only had 500,000. It, it really know. did. I mean, it looked like something that you would see in the movie theater. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and again, I'm not sure it, it necessarily completely lands. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a, um, kind of two different movies going on at the same time. Like uh, the beginning is kind of one movie and then about a half hour into it, it kind of switches into something else. Yep. I don't know if they ever really come together seamlessly, but man, this guy is, he's a novice. He's, he's only directed two. this might be his third movie that he's directed. Um, and it's just going to get better, I think. So it does, it's not perfect, but I, I'm right there with Travis. I, I gave it a seven and a half, nice. uh, bordering on an eight out of 10. And this is, this is one that I'll buy on Blu-ray. That's awesome. Obviously, folks, I am in the uh, minority on this. So uh, in my opinion, check them both out. More <laughs> people are probably going to like uh, Motel Acacia. Um, and like I said, I mean, that, that four might seem low, but I, I do appreciate an ambiguous movie, but for me, the story just didn't hit home as much. I mean, that that I was a little bit kind of confused with the tree demon part in the beginning. And then, you know, I know yeah. the bad had a lot of symbolism in it and whatnot. But I mean, obviously, check it out. That movie, Motelication for sure, is going to be a movie that people are going to enjoy a lot more because Exorcism at 60,000 feet, literally, it's it's Sharknado meets Airplane with an Exorcism kind of yeah. thing. So. I mean, it's trauma, it's trauma type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And if you if you enjoy that, you you'll probably love it. Yep. There's a fan base for that movie out there. Uh, people who like street trash. People who like, I would even say, Return of the Living Dead to an extent. Um, mm -hmm. Just movies that yeah, they kind of build off that cheesiness and and go for some spoofy comedy. It's this. I'm sorry, Exorcism is nowhere near uh, a Return of the Living Dead, but it's it's in that it's in that boat you'll have fun with it yeah all right well anyone want to say anything final with those movies before we move on i want to ask mark nato one thing real quick mm -hmm. go for it how do you watch that many movies man how do you do it <laughs> he, he told me off air and i'm jealous yeah. well i mean i uh the last i guess seven years i've had a job that has been very um flexible so to speak and uh, if you don't know, it was Redbox. Um, oh. And, uh, yeah, so it's just allowed me to – I mean, so there are some, some – sometimes I'll watch five, six movies a day, and, oh. it, and it won't interfere with my work or whatever. But my job has changed. Uh, so, like I told Cole before, it, it's probably not going to be – this is probably the last year where I'm going to rack up three, four, five. I'm, I'm at five and <laughs> five right now. Oh, that is. Uh, and I'm, I'm anticipating another hundred or so. So I'll probably be over 600. You got to go out the bang, man. People don't even realize that, that move, many movies come out every year. I want to know how you find them. I mean, that's. Oh, dude, I, that's, that's, I love finding the movies I, I do it's it's my thing I, I like to scour the internet i've got my secret sources um nice. you know uh, i used to have a secret source work. it doesn't work anymore <laughs> <laughs> and um and then just uh 
another good trick is this uh, go on iTunes and click on um, um, what's it pre-order and that'll show you all the movies that are going to be available in the next like month or two and, okay. and I'll just sort it by release date and then horror and then you, I mean, there's tons of stuff that comes that's that awesome just, yeah well I'm, I'm grateful to, to, to guys like you because folks that that do that that go through and like you said you are fucking Andy Dufresne you're you are swimming through shit and you find the good stuff like these two movies I probably wouldn't have watched by the end of the year no I uh, definitely want to <laughs> so the fact that there are people out there like you that do this it it at some point I reap the benefits because yeah. the hidden gems get found they get pushed to the top and I'm like oh thank god yeah. like, and that's the reason that's the reason I do it, it, it it's yeah. not like I want to say, hey, I've watched 600 movies. Like that, <laughs> I want to do it so that I can, you know, it, it excites me when I recommend a movie to somebody that they haven't seen, that they have never, they would have never even known about, and they come back and they say, that was awesome. No, I've got so two of them right here. Yeah, that's, what, that's yeah. what I do. That's what I like to do. And, you know, I have the kind of the exact opposite philosophy. Dave Z and I talk about this all the time is Dave Z is now, you know, he's only going to watch a movie. Yeah. It's good. He somebody recommends it or says yep. that it's good, whatever. And here's my philosophy. <clears throat> if you like do a, um, like a top 10 or a top 20 movies at the end of the year, you're in horror podcast. Uh, you have to watch the good and the bad. It helps put know, it in perspective. To know too. what's good. Right, and with your ratings too. I mean, to keep your yeah. ratings in check. Yeah. So if all I ever watched was stuff that somebody else told me, never would have saw Motel Acacia. Uh -huh. You know. Uh, you know. So I, I, it's just something that I like to do. So I I appreciate that you you benefit from it. Oh yeah, it's oh, it's great. I I wish I could watch that many horror movies a year. To be honest with you, um, I I my watching ability is scant. Um, I'm lucky yeah. if I get. Your kids are young movies. yet, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I've got youngins running around making all kinds of noise. So, but yeah, man, th th and thank you for again coming on here and, and doing this. This is this is awesome. No, yep. no problem, man. I enjoy. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, the next one. Yep, like like Mark Nato, I am a huge list guy. I purposely like I subscribe to like a hundred horror movie podcasts, and most of them I only watch or or watch listen to their top whatever. So. I, I love doing list stuff and yeah, yeah, this is, I mean, I have lists for movies like we just talked about. So it's, it's I'm looking forward to their fucking top one hunt or like however many yeah, movies gems of each year. year. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. It's going to be a hundred movies. We were, we were like, um, I was the one that came up with most of them. Uh, Vin, <laughs> uh, who is our, uh, resident savant that dude yep. is so smart that it's like, unfair for the rest of us yeah he, he talks <laughs> he, real good <laughs> yeah he's a good talker yeah. Yeah. but um he <laughs> he did most of the picking of like 1920s through the 1940s whatever and then you know i kind of took over and and nice. we were as we were watching them and stuff they were like oh my gosh i can't believe i'd never heard of this yeah and i'm like i'm like it's right <laughs> so, where, where are you uh, from I'm, martinito uh well i'm originally from west virginia but uh, I went to college in Maryland, and I live in Maryland. I'm about okay. I'm about I can hear 30 you. Minutes outside of DC. 
I could hear your southern drawl, so I was just like, "What's up, yeah. brother?" <laughs> yeah, never lost it. Never lost it. But. I'm from All Louisiana, right. so I just had to find out. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, we're good. We're good. Yeah, I mean, this I I knew this was going to go a little bit long with this being uh, Mark Nato's introduction on the Joe Blow Horror Show, but. You know we're not going to let him just squeak out of here without running him through the gauntlet. Mark Nato, welcome to the gauntlet. We're going to rapid fire questions at you. One or two word answers. Don't even think about it. Whatever comes. Uh, yeah. Strap in, buddy. <laughs> Shit's about to get real. Uh, it's going to be rapid fire. If, if, if some of them you don't want to answer, just hit pass. Mark Nato, are you ready to run the gauntlet? I'm ready. Pizza or burgers? Pizza. Beer or liquor? Liquor. Hockey, football, baseball, or basketball? Baseball. Ass or titties? <laughs> both. <laughs> can I say both? You can say both. Stand or sit when you wipe? Stand or sit when you wipe? <laughs> it's more of a uh, a lean. Okay. Yep. Homebody or out with friends? Homebody. Fishing or hunting? Fishing. Cannibal Holocaust or a Serbian film? Cannibal Holocaust. Rather go blind or go deaf? Go blind. Top half of Hulk Hogan and bottom half of Margot Robbie or bottom half of Margot top half of Margot Robbie and bottom half of Hulk Hogan. Um, the first one, I think. <laughs> top, top half of Hulk Hogan and bottom half of Margot Robbie. Yeah, because then I w at least I wouldn't get the dingle. Okay. Speaking of that, penis-sized nipples or nipple-sized penis? <laughs> Size nipples or nipple-sized penis. Oh, it's got to be the first one. Hey, penis-sized nipples. Absolutely. Rock or country? Rock. Cats or dogs? Uh, dogs. Doggy or missionary? <clears throat> Doggy. Freddy, Jason, Michael, or Leatherface? Michael. Slasher, zombie, supernatural, or creature feature? Uh, paranormal. Did you Chuck say that supernatural? Yep, yep. Chucky or leprechaun? Chucky. Carpenter or Craven? Carpenter. Aster or Peel? Aster. 90s horror or 2000s horror? 2000s. Hills Have Eyes original or remake? Remake. Yes. Slow Burns or To the Point? Slow Burns. First horror movie you ever remember seeing? The Shining. Favorite horror movie of all time? Halloween 78. And that is the gauntlet. Mr. Mark Nato made it out yeah! unscathed. <laughs> that was now, awesome. Granny, if you were listening, I'm sorry about the the uh, personal information. Yes, personal information. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, folks. Thanks a lot. That wraps up A Shot in the Dark featuring Mark Nato from Horrorcast. Give us a quick uh, uh, heads up about your, your podcast out there before we let you go. Yeah, it's uh, the HorrorCast, and you can find us on wherever you uh, download your podcast. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on um, all of them, you know, Apple uh, Podcast and all that. And then 
we're just about done getting our hundredth episode all recorded and out, and that will be coming out uh, within within the next week and a half. And that's one hundred uh, hidden gems of horror, one from each year, nineteen twenty through two thousand twenty. Uh, so it's so by the be, time this drops, it'll be it, that that will be out. Hopefully. Well, what I'm going to do is I decided to release it in two parts. It's going to be episode 100A and 100B because um, I'm not finished editing the first 50 yet, but it's already almost four hours. So, you know, I, I just think that to throw out an eight hour podcast, I'm not sure, you know, that might scare some people off. So we're just going to, uh, but then I might do a super cut too. And just do that. Both, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. So whatever you want to do. But yeah, so that's going to be coming up. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's just been fun, man. We, we, we've been doing this for about five years. Yeah. January, 2015 was our first episode and, uh, we enjoy it. We enjoy it. So, uh, I, I enjoy getting to know other podcasters too. That's, that's really one of the main reasons why I do this. Well, as a, as a listener and a fan of the horror cast, anyone out there who has not checked it out, you want insightful discussion. You want recommends that you might not have heard of or, or thought that you were going to get because the, the Rotten Roundtables are, are awesome. Horrorcast is a great fucking show. I know that Mark Nato ain't going to throw the fucking in there, but I'm going to. Great <laughs> yeah. fucking show. Check this shit out, man. It's really good. Thank you so much, man, for being yeah, on here. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for being on. Uh, again, check it out, guys. Uh, not only is Mark Nato a fantastic podcaster, but Venom, uh, Vin, you, you've Horror Gal Susan. Uh, you, you've got some pretty legit uh, talent out there Watson. with you too. Don't so forget, Watson, forget, yeah, uh, Watson. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't listened to. Uh, I'm a little bit behind, so I haven't uh, listened to. Yeah. So. Yeah, Watson, Watson, and uh, uh, Brandon Young. Uh, they've been. We, it's strange because we we're from all over, man. I'm from Maryland. Uh, you know, hard gal Susan and stuff is out in California. Walshie's in Pennsylvania. Uh, Revenant Vins up in um, uh, Connecticut. So, and Taminator's in uh, Kentucky. So Washington. we've got. He's in like the north, uh, the northwest. He's in, yeah, Washington, he's in yeah. Washington State. Brand Young's in Colorado. We've got all kinds of time zones. Uh, so what we decided to do was I wanted to get six or seven hosts. That way, it's just the horror cast family. And whoever can make it can make it. Mm-hmm. Because we ended up. You know, if there wasn't two or three of us, we would end up canceling. And I was like, I don't want to cancel anymore. But if right. you can make it, you can make it. If you can't, you can't. And nobody is upset. You know, you're just part of the horror cast family. Come on, when you can come on. And, uh, you know, well, I, I'm, may, perfect. May I throw my hat in the ring, sir? If you ever feel like uh, you need another host, <laughs> not a host, but a uh, someone to jump on and just talk. I, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do good. that on the Rotten Roundtables. That's that's one of the reasons why I did uh, came up with the Rotten Roundtable was so I could have other, um, you know, ho- hosts of other shows on the show and, and get to know. So we'll, we'll have you guys on. Perfect. And all you got to do is it's, it's no prep. Basically, it's just talk about what you've been watching for the last two weeks. So awesome. That's all it is. Well, thanks again for joining us. Until next time. I hope you guys enjoyed A Shot in the Dark with Mark Nato. Talk is cheap, motherfucker! All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed 
that segment. Mark Nato is awesome. I am looking forward to having him on the show more. Um, he is he's he's going to be coming on at a guest spot at some point. So so you know, stay tuned. But also, he's going to be with us. Um, you know, for the long run for the segment. So I don't know. I'm fucking pumped, man. That, that, that was awesome. And he, he's such a sweetheart. He's a great dude. Yep. Very fucking, uh, very cool of him to come on here and, and, and do that with a side. I hope you guys laughed as much as I did with the, the, um, the gauntlet because it took a lot for me to (laughs) keep a straight (laughs) face. Oh man. Did we, did we, yeah, I think it was, was it mentioned in the, uh, the shot in the dark that he's a pastor or was that before we started recording? I think that was a post chat thing that we we were having after the recording. Man, man, that, that, that makes it even better. That makes it even better. (laughs) Okay. So the last thing we have is I believe what we're doing for the next episode. Is that correct there? Tibu fucking a, and this is going to be amazing. Why don't you go ahead and, we have a special guest for this, but we're not going to tell you guys who it is. So, um, and there might be two of them, but go ahead and tell everyone what we will be doing for our next episode. The next episode of the Joe Blow Horror Show is going to be one of the uh, staples, I believe, of you guys' is, uh, yep. well, your, your former run there with the co-host. We're going to do a fireside chat. and. Well, the movie we're talking about during the Fireside Chat is very much in the spirit of Halloween because the titular character has a pumpkin head. 1988 yes. pumpkin head, man. I'm pumped. I am pumped. Fireside Chat, it's going to be a special bonus episode, and we are going to talk about pumpkin heads. So get ready for those Halloween and fall feels. You guys are going to hear the fire crackalacking in the background. I'm pumped. I am pumped. So anything else you want to say about anything before we wrap this bitch up? Um, yeah, Lance Henriksen is in Pumpkinhead, and he's got, like, sandpaper skin in that movie. So get ready. Got to watch it in preparation. Sandpaper finish, no spit, no lube. <laughs> That's how Joe Blow does it, man. All right, buds. I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. Boom. Mm, that was incredible. Is it good for you? <laughs> I've had better. 